Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, I think we can all agree. We always want to look and feel our best. And a big part of that is taking care of our skin. I know it's not something guys like to talk about a lot. Because, let's be honest, we don't really know a lot about skincare. The products are complicated and confusing when you do try to go down the men's skincare aisle. And also, they're freaking expensive. That's where T. Shanley comes in. T. Shanley is a skincare company founded by regular guys for regular guys to make it simple and easy. Get the skincare products you need shipped directly to you every month for as low as 25 bucks a month. Plus, if you're in the USA, free shipping. And no matter what your skincare situation is, they've got a box for it. Just need a basic skincare box? Well, they've got that. Got some crow's feet going on, some dark circles under the eyes? They got a box for that. Even if you have severe acne, they have a box for that. Check out all of their products to help out regular guys like you and me at Tiege.com. That's T-I-E-G-E. Tiege.com to get the men's skincare products you need. Simple, easy, uncomplicated. Tiege.com. T-I-E-G-E. And use the promo code HONORABLEMAY for 20% off of your first box. So you can't go wrong. It's Tiege.com. T-I-E-G-E dot com slash Honorable May for 20% off of your first box. Tiege Hanley, skincare for men, simple, uncomplicated. This is an Honorable Mention with Jeff Schwartz and Shane Hagedorn. Part of the Creative Control Network of Podcasts. And the shuffling madness of the locomotive breath. The all-time loser Headlong to his death Oh, it feels a piston scraping Steam breaking on his brow Old Charlie stole the handle And the train and watch top going No way to slow down Hey now! Happy Two for Tuesday And welcome to another chapter of An Honorable Mention the essential Ring of Honor retrospective podcast covering the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. I am your host, Jeff Schwartz, and alongside is my co-host, our expert analyst, the head of logistics, modem installation expert, That's and Ring Jesus. of Honor alumni, Shane Hagedorn. Partner, right. what's going on this morning? Uh, yeah, I'm a modem installation expert. Your wife has throw that in there, by the way. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Right. Managing a bar is a lot like managing uh managing ring crew. Um 
you're responsible for 700 different jobs of which 698 you are not qualified for. Well, does it work? That's the question on everyone's mind. Does the modem work with all the rest of the software? Mostly. Mostly? Well, that's better than not at all. So, yeah. yeah. I suppose that's that's where we're at most positives and negatives of life uh as we've discussed many a times here on an honorable mention uh want to remind everybody this is going to be a very long show there's a lot of non-show show notes to talk about for this show so we're gonna hop right into uh our usual rundown of ways to support an honorable mention uh every week and that's patreon.com backslash an honorable pod you can get shows early. You can get them ad-free. You are able to receive the show on Saturday instead of Tuesday. You'll be able to get the show on video if you're a part of our $12 tier, which also means you get a DVD from me once a month for my personal collection, your choice. Um, I also enjoy to see Jeff's hair. You get to see my awesome hair. Yeah, it's blonde now. Uh, blondes have more fun. And... Uh, you can also get uh, a part of that $12 tier, the video version of the show. Uh, you will get a DVD, uh, of course, as I said, via Dropbox. If you are a part of the uh, non-48 contiguous United States, so Alaska, Hawaii, and all the rest of planet Earth, flat and round, will receive it via Dropbox. Uh, if you're part of that $4 tier, you get the audio for everything we previously mentioned and everybody gets a discount code to itsadvdproduct.com where you can get shirts, hats, hoodies, stickers, backpacks, tracksuits, and much, much more over at itsadvdproduct.com. Place any order there and you too will get a DVD for my personal collection. Same travel rules apply. And uh, if you'd like to advertise on this very show, you can email us an honorable mention at gmail.com we'll discuss rates and uh get you guys a chance to plug your independent wrestling show your merchandise store your podcast uh your restaurant your your upcoming movie premiere anything uh we'll be willing to advertise within reason of course uh we are presented by collar and elbow promo code ahm 10 percent off your order with that promo code and a little bit of their money comes back to us if you make an order. As Shane is drinking his coffee, one other thing that's very hot out there nowadays is Tiege Hanley. And Tiege Hanley is the best skincare that you can find on the market. Any issues that you have with your skin can be fixed with Tiege Hanley. And we want to remind everybody to head over to TiegeHanley.com. Use the promo code HONORABLEMAY. And we're in the coming days of uh, the ending days of that promo code. So honorable may over at tjhanley.com, 20% off your first box and uh, get your skin looking mighty fine for the start of summer. Nice and smooth. Get rid of them bags around your eyes. Even got the acne formula. If you need to help clear up some of that. Yep. Highly recommended. And we want to thank Tej Hanley for their partnership over the last few months. Social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. At an honorable pod. Of course that's also Facebook. 
And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Jeff Schwartz. Uh, drop the the for Facebook partner. Where can we find you? At Hagadar and Shane on Twitter and Instagram. Shane Hagadar on Facebook. Shane Hagadar on YouTube. And um, also make sure you <clears throat> follow us on YouTube. Just search an honorable mention. And give us a follow to get us closer to that custom URL. And as we refer to during the course of the episode, an honorable mention.com or an honorable mention.wixsite.com, W I X backslash main, takes you over to the archives where the entire show history is found, including bonus shows. So head over to an honorable mention.wixsite.com, backslash main. And that is where you will get the entire archive. If there's something we refer to during the course of this show or any other show in the future, that's where you'll be able to find it. We are, of course, brought to you by the Creative Control Network. So be sure to follow the head of the Creative Control Network. That's Mr. Joe Feeney. He's on Twitter at J-F-F-E-N-E-Y-3-R-D and at the CC Network 1 for all the latest news and notes on the Creative Control Network. Be sure to follow our scientist of sound, our astronaut of audio, our purveyor of production, the bass master general, the technician of trouble, the best broadcast machine, the award-winning autocrat of advertisement, Mr. Zach Johnson. He's on Twitter and Instagram at RadioZT, and he delivers us the best intro that you've already heard and the best outro that you'll eventually hear and make sure we sound cooler than the other side of the pillow. This episode of An Honorable Mention is presented by Patreon.com slash An Honorable Pod. Become a patron today and get exclusive perks you won't get anywhere else, like early access to the shows, uncut and commercial free, a discount at itsadvdproduct.com, watch along bonus shows that you won't get anywhere else, and more. Patreon.com slash An Honorable Pod. Become a patron today and be someone that's worthy of an honorable mention let's dive into it i know it's worthy of an honorable mention presented by tiege hanley skincare where you could save 20 percent off your first box using the promo code honorable may at tiegehanley.com so this show is a pretty important one in the history of ring of honor um obviously it's super card of honor so it's a big show but the story that makes this show so important <laughs> is truly the end of an era and the start of a new one. Yep. Um, I guess we should backtrack to May the 20th, 2011, in Cleveland, Ohio, which is the night before this show. Uh, I am in Cleveland for AIW, and uh, Colt Cabana is a part of the JT Lightning Invitational. Uh, That show is uh, two nights in Cleveland every year, AIW brings in a bunch of different names, uh, some oddities, and they do a tournament. Golga? Uh, no, but he said oddities. I, I've I've advocated for the use of Kurgan in years past, as well as Giant Silva. Um, God, I wish I could remember the ICP theme. I'd start singing it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um. I, I kind of hear like the. It, it was sounded like a big top circus almost. Yeah. yeah. But um, the uh, the tournament's always very fun and uh, very warm too, and uh, so Cabana's at the show, and uh, I was joking with him about going over in night one and then cutting himself in half, 
uh, for night two. And he goes, well, you know, <laughs> I didn't double book myself, but I wanted to at least get here for one night of the tournament. JT Lightning's kind of the godfather of Cleveland independent wrestling. Ran a lot of shows. Can't. As we get a YouTube ad before Shane plays the Oddities theme song. Yep. Well, speaking of oddities, Cabana. Wicked clouds. Clouds are scary. Uh, I'd like to uh, ignore that comment. And uh, <laughs> personally, uh, they are Ring of Honor alumni, so we got that going for us. Um, they uh, so, anyways, Cabana. He's he's got his bag packed for Chicago the next day because he was driving straight home, and he's got a tuxedo T-shirt with cut-off sleeves. It's a salmon dress pants. And uh, I said, what do you, I asked him, I said, what do you think this announcement is? He goes, I, you know, I don't know. Could be anything. Who knows? You know, the way things have been going, not, not really sure. I said, do you think it's a TV deal? He goes, maybe, uh, you know, neither of us had ever considered Kerry selling the company. And so the next day, uh, Cabana had, or th- that night, Cabana did his match. I think he was like, third on the card, second or third, did a job to somebody, I don't remember who, and uh, was off for Chicago. And uh, I, too, was uh, not going to Chicago the next day. I was at the JT Lightning show, and um, I remember getting a bunch of texts during the day of, oh, the company's been sold. And I walked into the show that night. Um, that year, I believe it was at Mount St. Carmel, which is kind of an elementary school type gym. Um, and I remember sitting with a bunch of my friends and they all kind of heard the news from PW Insider during the day. And they said, what do you know? And I said, I know nothing. I'm just shocked. And I didn't really do much reacting or talking about it that night. I was just kind of stunned. I I don't know whether I felt betrayed or happy or sad. I think it was a kind of a combination of everything. Um, To me, it was always, you know, Gabe and Carrie's Ring of Honor. And then Carrie and Adam's Ring of Honor. And then it's now somebody else's ring of honor. And it was very surreal because ring of honor had meant so much to me. It had given me so much. And Carrie, I think was Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very responsible for a lot of that. Um, so, you're at the show. You're also part of the office. Yes. What did you know and when did you know it? Well, as we discussed on the future endeavoring of Shane Hagedorn episode, um, kind of the whole saga, yes, the, the whole saga of Sinclair Broadcasting. Um, I, I found out uh, shortly before. I didn't have a whole lot of lead time on it. Like I knew stuff was going on because I knew a lot of uh, due diligence type stuff was being done. Um, but I felt like it was still kind of kept in the dark until things were set in stone. Like there's stuff going on. Can't really talk about it, even though I'm in the office and I'd worked at the fucking company for um, seven years by that point. <laughs> um yeah, still keep people in the dark. There's only four of us in the office, but still keeping people in the dark. Um, That's the wrestling business in general, I feel that's like. That's business in general, I think. Uh, that's but I, true. Um, but I, 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 uh, when I did find out um, shortly beforehand, you know, it was, oh, hey, by the way, we're being sold. This is what's going on. This is who's buying us, and they're sending up their HR people. We're going to meet. Uh, it ended up being Joe Koff, Greg, Gilliland, Gilliland, Gilly, Gilead, whatever. And um, a couple HR people came up to the office, and we got the welcome packets and the discussions of insurance and the benefits and... Um, our offers uh, and just kind of got to meet everybody and that was when I got my <laughs> immediate, immediate bad taste in my mouth for what was going on when I got pulled to the side and quietly asked don't tell anybody that I asked you this but would you be willing to move to Baltimore and my response being absolutely not I have a life here and a wife here with a job here. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, no debate of whether or not to even accept the, you know, we didn't, uh, whether or not to even accept their offers. Um, Did they tell you like you had to accept immediately or? Uh, no, no. They so have time to commence. Yeah, time to discuss and commiserate and whatnot. Um, That's at least fair. Yeah, I know that they're. You know, to some collective decision of, you know, which kind of uh, the, the, the four of us that were left, you know, kind of stick together on this. Like either we're all going to accept it or we're all going to say no. And uh, we all stayed. And uh, I, I, I was coming from a different place 
than my three coworkers at the time as far as my employment status with Carrie Silkin's Ring of Honor. I'll just say that much. Um, and therefore, I was coming for my decision from a different place. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of... Um, see where this, you know, see where this goes and see what happens. Um, a lot of that. I, I think all, all, all kind of had that initial like, eh, feeling about it. Um, that would, you know, on the, on the longer term, the longer term scale proved to be accurate, but that it is still like, okay, well, let's just, let's see how this plays out. Let's see how it goes. You know, I'm not, you can always quit. Um, so it's, you know, see, see how it goes. And, um, then, so I had that initial meeting, uh, the initial meeting that actually ruined the, the, the bloody Steen and Generico chair. Um, I do believe because they gave it to somebody to use as an actual chair. Uh, it was either during that or during one of the seminars. I don't, remember but it was one of those this time frame is when the steam generico bloody chair got officially ruined somebody decided to clean the blood off um so we had a little meeting around the the ringside area in the office uh was you know where the ring was for the school i want to and i i'm pretty sure that the meeting happened the week of the show or maybe the week before the show i don't remember exactly and i don't have as i've mentioned before you know i scorched earth everything wrestling in 2013 and uh so i don't have the paper trail of emails or you know my employment records anymore to say oh yeah it started in this day this day but i think i officially became an employee of sinclair broadcasting on june 1st i believe was my when my employment officially started So with Sinclair coming in, buying it, meeting all these new executives, Joe Coff, Greg Gilliland, et cetera, you know. Just the two of them. So just the two of them. Yeah, just the two of them that day. A couple HR, a couple women from HR. I would consider them to be kind of an executive sort. Since they have some sort of authority over the authority, Mm -hmm. in theory. In Um, theory. But in this case, you still got a show to do. Supercard of Honor 6. Mm-hmm. So all, of, all these people come to Chicago, Chicago Ridge, to the uh, Frontier Fieldhouse. Well, well, even before we got to Chicago, I'm trying to think of who actually came to Chicago. Uh, but even before that, that um, there was a, you know, a mass email sent out to the locker room. Just kind of like without saying what was going on. You know, as if you know, you, you talked about Cabana and his his shirt. You know, there was the mass email that went out, kind of just telling everybody to dress. Uh, you now the the shirt and tie, dress their best to come to the show and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure everybody was wondering why. I think I may have even been asked, you know, by by my crew of guys, why? Uh, like, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Play dumb. So you got to do play dumb. Everybody's. Everybody's going to leak. 
everybody's gonna tell everybody you know well that's gonna get out and uh, <clears throat> so you just tell nobody that's kind of what i was hinting at is that it's amazing this did not leak out yeah. and pro wrestling gossip uh people like dave Meltzer, mike johnson for as much as i respect those people and their opinions and views they do have a lot of legitimate sources. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. That they're connected to. So it's yes, not like they they're do. pulling this information out of thin air. And, and no. you know, maybe they inflate certain things based on personal <clears throat> taste if they're reviewing something. But they have legitimate connected sources. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson talking to people at Ring of Honor events. Like, it's not... Not made up out of thin air, folks. Nope. Um, the fact that they didn't report on this is astounding to me. Um, so you, you get to yeah, Chicago. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't. Uh, the only time I ever really looked at the Observer was um, like year end, sort of the year end awards, and I think I did after this, but like I couldn't tell you if what the Observer had and. I don't have the Observer subscription to go back and look at the archives. No, uh, to I see, should have probably done that. Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Come on, research bunky. It's your job. I'll do it now. But uh, uh, So I don't know what it said in advance, if, if there was ever anything talked about going into this or whatnot. You know, I didn't pay too much attention. The only thing I've ever read, um, like, pretty regularly is, you know, PW Insider. Um to this day, it's the only thing I've ever looked to for any wrestling news. So, if it wasn't on there prior to the show, I did, would not have seen it. Well, one of the uh, things we mentioned as far as uh, people being told to dress their Sunday best for this particular show, um, what exactly, <laughs> how did that go over with people? Uh, some people did. Some people wore a tuxedo shirt with a tie. Uh, some people just didn't care. <laughs> like I, I don't think I. I think my ration, especially because you know I have to deal with you know crew and setting up, and in the midst of all of this, I'm setting up, so I'm not going to make a wardrobe change just for this five minute meeting of meeting people that I've already met. So I know in my case there was absolutely no changing of clothes. I. There during the the introductory meeting in in a pair of gym my gym shorts that I still own my silver gym shorts and a t shirt, you know it was yeah pop and circumstance that's what that it's what it all felt like to me. Well, it's ironic that you refer to that as pomp and circumstance as the May tw- uh, May thirtieth Wrestling Observer has an in depth look uh, at the depth or the death of Randy Savage and the sale of Ring of Honor, uh, as far as the topics. My, when did, uh, what day did Randy Savage die? Uh, May 20th. Oh. 2011. So, uh, so basically... As the, day, as the day we're recording this, we just passed the anniversary two days ago. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but basically... Uh, uh, Dave speculates that uh, Sinclair is known in the television industry for running shows cheaply, not paying particularly well, 
nor necessarily <laughs> caring about the quality of the product. They're also known for being right wing. I remember. Unquote. I remember reading. Uh, God, and this is yeah. This is like I, I've I've mentioned it before. I'm really good with memory cues. Like if somebody says something, then it like really comes back to me. I remember glass dooring Sinclair Broadcasting. Now, Glassdoor, for those of anybody who doesn't know, it's a site you can look up and you can find reviews of companies from employees, people who have worked there. You can find look up a job in your specific area and it gives you kind of like a median idea of salaries. So I remember looking up, we were I remember collectively us looking up Sinclair Broadcasting <laughs> in Glassdoor and seeing what they were like, how they were reviewed as employers. It was a lot of cheap. Uh, cons- yeah, very conservative, cheap, um, <laughs> did not treat their employees well. It was very, very negative from former employees about uh, Sinclair Broadcasting from Glassdoor. And that is not an opinion from, from me. Uh, that is a direct quote from the May 30th Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, written by Dave Meltzer. Uh, it's also mentioned that the deal was put together by Joe Coff. Uh, whose background is in selling television advertising, Gary Juster, uh, longtime arena promoter. Uh, shout out to Gary. Uh, Gary! Worked where for w- are you? Gary, where are you? <laughs> he worked for WCW. He also had a connection with Kerry Silken, who, of course, has owned Ring of Honor for many years. Cornette. Uh, Juster made the connection with ROH through Jim Cornette, and Cornette joined ROH after being fired by TNA. <clears throat> Um, of course, we get a little bit of a history lesson with, uh, you know, Kerry saying uh, in, after he had purchased the company from, I'll pretend you said 18, uh, that uh, his limit of losses would be a million dollars. It's believed ROH significantly surpassed and he kept going, hoping something like a television deal would expose the product to a larger audience and make it profitable. Um He lists a bunch of different television outlets that they've had over the years. The Fight Network in Canada, the Wrestling Channel in the UK, for example. Um, There's a... Eric had to to box up, bag up tapes and, like, mail them out to them. Basically, a history lesson on the company, um, how it started, the King of the Indies tournament, which was kind of the genesis for the idea of Ring of Honor. And uh, the shows will air on Sinclair's My Network and see Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-ch-ch- 
W stations on Saturday night. They also own a number of NBC and Fox stations where the program will eventually air. Um, the mentality is they believe their television audience will be people who are mostly seeing the product for the first time, which is why around this time the product was simplified in terms of story. Um, and it took some time to get to uh, Kevin and Davey and things of that nature. Um, a lot of their you know, bigger affiliates, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Virginia, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> I love that those are their big... At the time, I remember going through all this and seeing like where they own stations and looking at all of them and thinking, well, these suck. <laughs> They're yeah. all... They were, I mean, realistically speaking, in terms of tel- TV shares and um, market shares and whatnot, I mean, I, I know, like, for example, my, I, God, let me see if I even remember. Um, guy worked at a TV station in Lansing, Michigan, before I moved out to Pennsylvania for the wrestling school. And I want to say it's like market ranking was somewhere like 100 and, say 120. And most of the Sinclair stations were smaller than that. Ring of Honor does not, or Sinclair does not own any stations in the in a top ten market. No, no, no. And I would say, and most of the stations were like in the hundreds in mm-hmm. terms of market size. Um, and I just remember seeing a lot of that and thinking, okay, it's TV, but it's in a lot. It's not big markets. They didn't have anything in like in New York. I don't think at all. No. Not definitely not in New York City. I don't even know if they had anything like in New York. They didn't have anything in, in the Philadelphia area. At that they had point. Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, okay. Uh, they didn't Las have anything Vegas. in Philadelphia at that point. Um, nope. It was a it was a lot of very very small, and they like owned Ohio, uh, which at that point that's, lower Ohio, nothing it, north of Columbus. Yeah, it's all. Ohio to me. Oh. It's all the same. Don't you group me in with Cincinnati? It's all the same. No, Cincinnati is a part oh. of Cincinnati and Kentucky, all not right. Ohio. All right. But which is why we ran so many shows in Ohio, it felt like. It felt like yeah. we were constantly in Ohio in those early days. And uh and at that point, I don't know if the financial state of your city of your if the financial state of your state has turned around, but in two thousand eleven and twelve, Ohio was like one of the worst states financially. We just kept going there. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no money in the state, but we keep going there because there's TV. I'm going off on a tangent. It has nothing to do with the initial sale. Well, no, but, but it, these it were my initial to do with these were like our initial reflections. Like as we, as we explored what Sinclair is yeah, and to, what it was bringing to our table, it's like, okay, really low level markets. Everyone's saying that they're cheap as fuck, which they were, um, that, it became very clear on even my initial intake interview. Like one of the things that I immediately brought to the table was I drive the trucks. Like I'm not just your office guy. I don't just do the stuff in the office. I drive your truck from show to show. I am paid separately from that than my money from being in the office. How is this going to work? Do we adjust my pay accordingly? Oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Okay. I'm telling you that I make this amount of dollars every week for being on the road. 
if you want me to continue to do it, I need to make sure that I'm <laughs> being compensated equally, if not better. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And I regret, in hindsight, not getting something more concrete in that regards, because I also am, to this day, convinced that the amount of money I made off this place uh, by a, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours of overtime on a paycheck <laughs> probably didn't help my cause as far as staying on the road. So Dave has two uh, separate paragraphs in the Observer um, that I think pretty much perfectly surmise just how unprepared for what Sinclair was getting into. And we'll go back to the, the actual show and meeting itself uh, and some of the other things that were held. Uh, but I want to read these two paragraphs in full because I, I think they fit the equation. Uh, and this is, again, from the May 30th Observer newsletter. There were Sinclair executives at the show in Chicago, and there was a Briscoe Brothers versus All Night Express bloodbath, which included a spot where the Briscoes hung Kenny King over the top rope with a chain and talked about hanging King's black ass. According to those there, they could see the executives not being pleased, and one of our readers asked them if this was an example of what would be on television. Their response was a stoic no. People ask why the Sinclair TV product was so flat for so long and still doesn't exemplify what Ring of Honor is supposed to be. There you go. So the final paragraph I want to hit, and I think this is a compliment to Ring of Honor and basically makes Dave look like a goof. Um, it says... The new ROH is not going to challenge TNA for the second position. There is neither the money, the exposure level, nor the star power. No matter how much better the booking or entering action may be, ECW could never beat WCW for second place in popularity while it existed. It may have to a degree when it comes to a lasting cult legacy, and the highest rated ECW show in prime time was always lower than the lowest rated WCW Saturday Night Show. Um, so ironic that ROH did get the star power. Uh, took some time. Yeah. They <clears throat> clearly have overcome TNA. And then way back in left field comes all elite wrestling and pretty much puts every promotion down in terms of their positioning in the power rankings in the States. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's very you never know. I mean, it's very difficult to predict. I don't think in in at the beginning of in in January first of two thousand one, I don't think people <laughs> predicted that two months later WWE would be the only company in existence. You know, you know, and, you know, it's it's it can change just like that. Um, even though it's never just like that, it seems just like that. You know, Sinclair Broadcasting thing may have seemed just like that to fans of Ring of Honor, but it very it was not. He said, I may not have known what was going on, but I knew something was going on for months beforehand, you know, to the point that, you know, I, I think as far back as September of 2010, when after that glory by honor at nine, whatever it was, Tyler's last show and Pierce's last show, um, that there was something maybe not in Sinclair, but, you know, there as 
you know, Lagana talked about in the interview in the archives, you know, that he was doing stuff to try and find deals and like wheels were in motion to do things and cut costs. And I think make the company look better on paper fiscally than it actually was. Uh, yep. But, you know, it, it seems like it happens just like that, but it's, it doesn't. No, it's a very involved process and having been through a corporate takeover t- myself, it's there's so many stressors and random like you know albatrosses that appear that you would never expect well and and i I think with this you know kind of dave wasn't wrong in 2011 about ring of iron and tna where they stood you know he, he was not wrong in saying that it to say to say something would never happen now but he wasn't wrong about where their standings were at that point correct you know we, we were at we were at a point where i, I felt like we stagnated at uh, like five to seven hundred people uh, at any show for the most part you know there were the exceptions of new york and the wrestlemania weekends but i think we kind of plateaued and we, i think we plateaued way before 2011 on our yeah, shows you know? i would agree it, we i i, I first-hand experienced um, how, you know, and it, it's, I think it's all wrapped up in the changing of the, the market in general in, in terms of home viewing, but, you know, I, I personally experienced going from, at one point, needing three people to ship out DVDs to being able to do it all by myself. Or, you know, on the busier weekends with me and me and Eric Santa Maria doing it together. Like, I, I watched that landscape change, our merch sales change. Not necessarily at live events as much, but uh, the, the the day-to-day um, direct mailings. You know, it's I, I watched everything slowly change from where it was when I started in the office in 2004 to this point. Um, we weren't generating, you know, from my from my perspective, I, I didn't see, you know, us generating the revenue that we did, you know, several years prior. Um, I do. I don't think I, I, I think I can confidently say we would not have survived the 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 full, full calendar year of 2011. Hell, I'm surprised we made it through 2010, <laughs> you know, but Carrie wasn't, you know, just kept Carrie. hustling and having people hustle for him and, you know, looking for looking for that thing to keep the brand alive and. And I, I, the, I don't know. I, I think if 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 not for Sinclair, then Ring of Honor would have been dead that year, and probably in sh- short order. That's the thing I want to emphasize: is that Kerry Silkin, you know, as Dave said, you know, he thought a million dollars in losses is enough. That's the most he would be willing to lose before shuttering. Mm-hmm. He went far and beyond that. Yeah, uh, I can't speak for anybody else, but the level of gratitude I have for Carrie being willing to lose that kind of money. Like I've never made a million dollars a year. Yeah. He's losing that. That's insane to me. Yeah. It's just, it's a number that blows my mind. And, uh, that was one thing I said aside. I, I wasn't privy to the, the, the bookkeeping of that. You know, I dealt with the merch end of things. It was the only thing as far as money that I dealt with directly, but I'm sure, you know, between payroll flights, reimbursements for gas hotel rooms like the, just the basic necessities of running a wrestling company you know mm-hmm. and uh 
Yeah, I think it would have. It wouldn't exist. It would not have. I don't think it would have survived 2011 without the Sinclair stuff. So, so there is so, that. Um, so the the day of the show, we're we're <clears throat> at the show. It's the 21st of May, and a meeting is held to make the announcement. Who's running the meeting? Where was the meeting taking place? Because that's kind of been subject for discussion the last couple of days. Uh, it was 100% in the locker room. And okay. Yeah, it was definitely in the locker room. I, I don't know if there was an attempt to maybe if there was an attempt to do it outside of the locker room and just kind of being like there's too many ears out here for this conversation because I do know that at one point it was stated, you know, no everybody turn off your phones or th- like that, that sort of, you know. It's like you're getting on a plane. Put nobody's your flight, le- phone yeah. in airplane mode, turn yeah, your phones no, in. Nobody's uh yeah, nobody's they <laughs> should have had somebody should have made one of the one of the crew guys uh, stand at the door. One of my one of Hunter's students could have stood at the door with the the, the like you're walking into the security through a, at a ball game. Yep. Drop your phones here. You can have them back uh, after. Like Sid used to do at the front door with digital cameras. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Somebody doing a yep. pat down, make sure you don't have anything. With yeah. double, double layers of gloves. Flash photography allowed, but no digital cameras. They take video, pal. Yeah, they take video. God. <laughs> <laughs> the ridiculousness when you think about it. The shit we did 15 years ago. Time flies. I know. Technology oh. changes. It does. And it for does. Sid, Sid was like on the cusp of every piece of technology. He's an electronic nerd. <laughs> didn't know what any of them did and i had to set them up for all of them so i had to set it all up for him but he had set up you set up his ridiculous bluetooth that he probably yeah i probably did at least initially and then he was able to do it on his own oh they were hard hold the button till it turns green you're good to go pal uh but yeah yeah, so I, it was the, the the meeting was in the locker room at at Frontier Field House in Chicago Ridge, which was just you know the weight room um, that we used say, for changing. Did, did uh, Joe Koff stand on the treadmill as he was delivering his speech, like it was a pulpit? No, no. no. If you walked in the door to the Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If I had memory serves and you walk in the door to the weight room, he went to the right. Okay. Uh, of, of, the, of the weight room. And delivered his speech introducing himself and making sure that we all knew that he had some wrestling background in the, the battle of the belts or whatever the hell it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, 25 years, 30 years prior to this. Uh, 
and then he proceeded to pontificate about the future of Ring of Honor and all these things that Sinclair would do for us that never ever happened and some of them probably never ever they never happened during my tenure and they certainly may have, probably never happened in gender like in in, in locker room masseuse uh, <laughs> no talking about toy deals already and you know maybe having a network tv thing already in motion and four, you know four and five star hotel rooms and just all uh, the, the sort of hyperbole when you're he he was given a sales pitch. That's what he was doing. That's what is that's his background. That's what he was doing. He's given a sales pitch. And anyone I, I remember looking around the locker room and just kind of reading the room as as this clown. And that's how he to me he was coming off during this. Like you're trying to work the workers, brother. That's that's what he was doing. And I think anybody who had a uh, who anybody who had any remote ex- experience or exposure to life, <laughs> you know, the where I, th- I felt like I was looking in the room and everybody was just kind of rolling their eyes <laughs> as as subtly as possible. All of the, the shit that was being thrown at us because it was it, it just sound it did it sounded like a sales pitch, and it was it was totally a sales. pitch to try and convince the locker room that the Sinclair sale was um, the greatest thing that was going to happen in Ring of Honor. And I remember him shitting on TNA with 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 Dr. Daniel standing right there. <laughs> At that point, Chris was still you know, was working for TNA. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I remember him referring, God, referring to some uh what did he say? Like, call, just trying to, trying to say things to make us feel like he knew wrestling, and like calling a headlock a hammer lock or something, something like that. Trying to talk about a wrestling move and calling it the wrong thing, and which may seem s- s- kind of silly and petty, but it's like you're, you're trying. It felt like you're trying to impress people, and just like you're not. They no, just stop. So this, the meeting itself. Yeah, you're you're looking around this locker room of your peers, your ring crew guys, the some, students, yeah. some of of Hunter's students. So um, few, not not too much because a lot of them was like just finished doing your setup and like I don't remember. You know, obviously the core locker room was in there. Um, the office. What was the what was the initial reaction once this was all wrapped up and you guys went back about your day? I think pretty much like I said most people knew it was a sales pitch. Um, I will not full of, uh, full, of full of promises that uh, I will be I will difficult say this. to keep. The promises that would be difficult to keep because. I think in, it's one of those like, all right, you have all these, and I get it, these these lofty ideas of what you want to accomplish and what you want to do, but you're selling them like they're going to happen now. And these are th- things that maybe could have happened on a long term. But as far as I understand it here, eight years later, the, a lot of those things never happened. So I, I guess specifically, I do want to mention the hotel thing, the four mm-hmm. and five star hotel. There's no five-star hotel, okay? No. You, There's uh, definitely no five-star hotel. But I will say this. 
when I was in Chicago for War of the Worlds with uh, Cabana and Jay Lethal for the title, uh, I think it was a pay-per-view show um, where Cole came back and joined the Bullet Club for six months or whatever before he went to NXT. Uh, the hotel that, that Cole and Dalton Castle and uh, a couple of Roderick and, and some of the other top names were staying at was, in fact, a four-star Marriott. Because uh, I was staying there myself. Uh, that's where that video of me moonsaulting from bed to bed took place. Nice. Um, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, those guys were staying there. I walked into the lobby and they were there. The Bucks were there. Um, yeah, my... Uh, my my travel partner, Big Stu, he, he and I, we had a room that night because we weren't driving back from Chicago like the old days. We're too old for that. Uh, so we got a hotel room and yeah, so they, so they did have at least a nice hotel, but around this time, you know, the locker room is a pretty veteran locker room. You have the Kings of Wrestling, the Briscoes, Chris Daniels, uh, Generico, Kevin Steen's on his hiatus, but Haas and Benjamin, Haas and Benjamin, of- uh, you've got, uh, Davey, say, Roddy, Davey, Roddy, Christopher, did I say Chris Daniels? You did. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards. <laughs> like, you've got a lot of top names. So D, Homicide, yeah. Uh, homicide, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, like, a pretty, it's a pretty loaded roster at this point. Right. And you've got, you know, some, some you know, coming up, creeping on the come up there and the younger crew of the Bravados, you know, Future Shock of Colin O'Reilly. Like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, I, I think the... ANX. ANX, you know, the Briscoes, obviously, as you said, like, I think back. Bennett, Carino, you know, Jacob's coming back on this show. I think I think we're in a good place, uh, both roster-wise and you know, our, our talent level was in a very good place. So did this, this announcement, did it hurt the momentum for the boys on the show? I think it just came as a huge shock. I, I know people ask Carrie, you know, what what about him? I know that was, you know, during the, the, the what I do recall, like the, the Q&A portion after if anybody had any questions, it was like, what happens? What's going to happen to Carrie? I think one of the first questions that was asked by somebody in the meeting to to to, to Joe wasn't about Joe or Sinclair or anything. It was what about Carrie, you know, and Carrie saying, you know, he'll still be around. He'll still be there. And I don't know if the word ambassador had been introduced yet as far as Carrie, but you know, he's you know, wanted to reassure everybody that he would still be there. He may not be at every show, but he'll still be around and he'll still be there. Um, I think that seemed that to me seemed to be the biggest concern of, of anyone in the locker room was what about Carrie and is Carrie being taken care of? And, um, yeah, I think that just, that just goes to show how the locker room, um, uh, cared and respected him. That, that that was their immediate concern for the most part was what about Carrie? And that's kind of, you know, what I was hinting at there was this kind of fear of the unknown versus, you know, taking care of Carrie Sokin financially. Obviously, he's going to be taken care of by Sinclair uh, for the purchase. Oh, but another thing that I know was brought up was as, as a, sorry, just it's, as it pops back in my head. I know there was talk oh, about, yeah. about, um, 
making sure people got better commission on their on their shirts and their DVDs, like improving their percentages, which I don't know if that ever happened either. I know we were paying a better uh, in terms of volume. I know you're going to make more money off your WWE merch, but in terms of like your actual cut of what we're of their profits, I think we were giving people a better deal than WWE does on their on their merch. Yeah, WWE, it's like six percent or five percent. Something. Yeah, five percent of a you know five percent of a hundred thousand dollars is better than yes. But you know, when essentially we were paying just say twenty percent on a DVD, you know, here's a twenty dollar DVD and here's your five dollars. It's a it's percentage wise, I think we were paying better. Yeah, that's an extreme growth in percentage, and it makes it appealing for those that don't want to be a part of the WWE machine. Yeah, yeah you're not you're not selling the volume, but you're getting a bigger cut. Um, but do you think the locker room was affected? I, I think it during was just, the show. I don't know about during the show, because um, I think it's all right. Meeting's done. You know, then there's the time in between, but then the show starts, and it's all. All right, shit's go time. Like we have, so we have a job to do, you know. Any anything and, else? And, and I think there was details. the the talk of like, all right, so when is this starting? <clears throat> I can't remember. I th- if we like, I wish the actual announcement was on this DVD, or like, I don't even, I don't think the actual video of the announcement <clears throat> was anywhere, and I can't remember. It's not on YouTube because I went looking yeah, for it last and night, I, and it's not in the in the the press release that we pulled off the Wayback Machine either uh, of of announcing that September taping um, when we went back to Chicago. <clears throat> like, I don't remember when we set that um, and when we set, like, the, the start date and everything. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, that I don't remember. But I, I think it's just, you know, all right, it's now you're kind of of in this limbo of this new company and wanting to know what's going to happen to your money, what's going to happen to your like, bookings, dates, things like that. And so you do have a lot of unknowns because it was it, it was just it, in a different way. It was the same experience for the locker room as it was for the office. There's a lot of unknowns because you're just this is day one. You know, you're still working it out. I mean, you have an idea of your plan, what you want to accomplish. But you don't know until you start doing it. And then you start doing it and you're cheap as shit and don't want to spend money on anything. So simple stuff like how are we getting paid to put gas in the ring truck? Put it on your card. That's not happening. How are we getting paid for tolls? Put it on your card. Nope. Not paying for your tolls out of my own pocket. Like you're the company. You do not, it. It's not as if I'm driving on the Jersey Turnpike. I'm driving to Chicago. I'm not dumping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in gas into these ring trucks out of my own pocket. I don't care if I'm going to get reimbursed sometime in the next three months. So it's, it's just, there was a lot of legit. Like, I think there were a lot of things that were not thought about and not considered. Um, and that's that you would then have to, but then that you would then have to try and explain um, to to Sinclair from the office end and from the wrestler end too of reimbursements for their tolls and their gas and how it had been done for the last decade of Ring of Honor of all right, bring me your receipts and 
bring Sid your receipts. And you know, I think J- Jimmy talked about it. Rave talked about it in that interview in the archives. Yep. Bring Sid your receipts. I'll reimburse you for your gas, your hotel rooms, blah, 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 blah. And then it turned into this entire thing of, well, we need to do reimbursement slips and whatnot. Like, well, we're not employees. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, why am I filling out this paperwork? I'm not your employee. I'm an independent you know? contractor. Oh, it's the same thing. But trying to uh, explain a lot of these things to people who at times thought they knew better. Well, and we're unwilling to, and and I think, and sometimes may have fallen on both sides of of, but definitely we felt that from the Sinclair of things of like an unwillingness to marry what we've been doing for the last, you know, at that point almost ten years, nine years, yeah, to what their corporate structure was, and like yes. This is what you have done in your corporate structure forever, but your corporate structure for a broadcasting company does not work for in wrestling. It does not work in wrestling at that point, you know, and in terms of things taking time, it felt like taking this corporate structure of reimbursement forms and having to wait, you know, a month or whatever to get a check cut for. Is that the word I'm looking for? Right word reimbursement forms. Mm -hmm. And dump inserting that into a wrestling world that is such a cash business, you know, on the indie level. Um, it just, it, those are the sorts of things that I think were in conflict with each other a lot, especially in the early days. And I don't think we hit it too much on this first show because this was still, this first show was still carries, you know, I don't, I didn't really feel lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Until the Sinclair until the... July shows in North Carolina. Maybe both in North Carolina. Well, might have been South Carolina. Yeah, I think it was in the two Carolina shows um, in July. Or I think June, July, whatever it was, July. No, best in the world. Best in the world was it was the first like Sinclair show. Um, but that July show was the first time I really felt the differences as far as having to deal with reimbursements, and that was the first time that I dumped them with like 40 hours of overtime on a paycheck and just these are all the sorts of things that just they come up and you have to it's all the, the, the stuff that you don't anticipate from either end i guess uh but being in the office it was frustrating as fuck because nobody's listening like we're trying to like you hit these things and you try to communicate them and nobody's listening or they're telling you no 
now. And those are the sorts of <clears throat> things on this first day you don't think about and you don't anticipate. So this press release that we mentioned before, um, it says Ring of Honor announces the sale to Sinclair Broadcast Group. Did you write the press release or is this somebody? I wrote some. I know I wrote something. I don't remember if I wrote. I don't think I wrote this in total. I feel like I can. I had to write something, though, uh, that was part of it. Okay. so I'll just kind of gloss over a couple a couple highlights here. I may have written something for the web. I, I definitely contributed to this. So it's his Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, well, Bristol, Pennsylvania, May 21st, 2011. Ring of Honor Wrestling owner Kerry Silken announced today the sale of the promotion to the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, Inc., one of the largest television broadcasters in the country, which owns and operates programs or provides sales services to 58 television stations and 35 markets across the United States. Interesting to me, the last time I saw reported the 35 markets number has almost tripled. Yeah. Um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Ring of Honor is currently the third largest wrestling promotion in the country, and it just celebrated its ninth anniversary. And Mr. Silken is excited about the uh, taking the next step toward increasing the company's visibility and expanding its operations. And then I don't know if this is a kayfabe quote or not, but it says, we have been waiting for and working for this opportunity for quite some time. Uh, and our nine years in business, there has been no better roster of wrestlers than the one to expose the ROH product to the masses. With Sinclair's resources and many avenues of distribution, we believe that many new fans around the world will be captivated as to those who have followed Ring of Honor over the years. Uh, the month of September, we'll see the debut of the new Ring of Honor television program, which will be syndicated across the Sinclair network of stations. And with it, ROH will become the only promotion in the United States with a major multi-market presence on broadcast TV. Of course, that means syndicated stations across the country. Uh, everybody's got them in their market, like a UPN or a Fox 8, uh, like CW. Cleveland, CW, that kind of a thing. Um, and, of course, it's announced that the show will also air on the new revamped Ring of Honor website. Uh, so if you're not close to a Sinclair station, you'll be able to get it as well. Uh, Steve Marks, COO of Ring of Honor Sinclair Television Group. Uh, he says that we are very excited about this acquisition. Television and professional wrestling have a long history of successful partnerships and driving viewerships. Uh, he mentions that unfortunately broadcast networks have not protected that relationship, allowing pro wrestling to migrate to cable network distribution. We believe that the powerful promotional platform that our TV stations provide, coupled with our 22% share of the U.S. TV households, will also will allow ROH to achieve brand name recognition and grow its shares of the wrestling market. Um, goes on and on about long-term visions. He mentions the current front office staff, uh, and I don't know who wrote this part. The current front office staff, including Kerry Silken, Sid Ike, and Ross Abrams, will remain with ROH going forward. Hunter Johnson, this is my favorite line of the whole thing. Hunter Johnson, a favorite. Does it say of Johnson or Johnston? Johnston. Okay. Uh, I'm just I think curious it's, if it it's was. Johnson, right? Yeah, Johnson. Johnston with a T? Yeah. Okay, so Hunter Johnston, a favorite of ROH fans for years as the masked grappler Delirious, will still handle matchmaking. Boy, did I roll my eyes when you sent me this press release. 
Jim Cornette will remain as executive producer, and other familiar faces like ring announcer Bobby Cruz and senior referee Todd Sinclair will be in place. No mention of Paul Turner there. Very, very disappointing. Uh, considering I feel like he and Todd were on the same level. Uh, they also mentioned Ke- uh, Kevin Kelly. Gary Juster will be involved uh, with Kevin handling the voice of ROH internet pay-per-views. Uh, he'll also assume the TV play-by-play chair in the fall. Uh, Cornette, along with Mr. Johnston, will be in charge of talent and matchmaking. There'll be a press conference uh, open to wrestling press and mainstream media alike that is being planned for Baltimore on Friday, June 24th. As as Dave talked about. Yep. Mentioned. Yeah. Uh, to, so to, to um, illustrate the growth, um, according to Wikipedia, Sinclair currently owns or operates 193 outlets in 89 markets. Wow. Eight years later. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And they're going to be buying or have already purchased. I don't know how long that process is going to take place. All the regional Fox Sports affiliates. Mm-hmm. So pretty incredible to see how their market share has grown. And there's a yes. few other things. The press event uh, will kick off a weekend, which includes ROH's next internet pay-per-view, Best in the World 2011, live from the Hammerstein Ballroom, June 26th at 4 p.m. Eastern. In addition, all the top stars on the ROH roster, this event will return some favorites from Ring of Honor's past and can be ordered by anyone in the world with internet access through GoFightLive.tv for only $14.95. So that's the press release. We'll put that up on Instagram and uh, all the other social media outlets. But uh, yeah, so a lot to, to, to get into before the show. Really, it's the show about the show. Before, yeah, the yeah, yeah, however, that's supposed to say, um, kind of crazy. Um, I, it, it's amazing. I remember exactly where I was when I got the text the company was sold, mm-hmm. uh, my old apartment at the time. Uh, the Look one that into the old apartment, <laughs> the one that you were at. Um, yes, I was in my kitchen. And looked down on my phone and saw saw a text from somebody that was in that meeting. I will not name names there, uh, considering that person is still pretty relevant. Um, not Cabana, by the way. <laughs> I had to clarify that. Um, and there was approximately no excitement. It was concern and fear of the unknown mm-hmm. uh, for what was coming. So... You know, it's amazing that in wrestling we've seen companies sold and go out of business before, but on the surface, for as much negatives as Sinclair had attached to it, I think the Ring of Honor fan base was fairly excited and optimistic. And that ended very fast. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and within, it's pretty fast for months. us too. Yeah. Um so you know, the separation of fans and, and wrestlers slash employees and the company, it had it, it had felt like it had a grown divide almost. Okay. And now it feels like it it's two separate worlds. Um you know, there's no not as much socializing it shows with wrestlers and fans afterwards. 
it's very much gone in the direction of growing like WWE without the money. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to put it. And to me, you know, we're eight plus years removed from this. Um, obviously, Kerry was not going to be able to continue onward. Would I have liked somebody else to buy the company and do the exact same thing Sinclair has done? Yes. But that's out of my control and out of your control. Um, do you think that they have, from from what you know, do you think that they've learned lessons in areas that they initially made a mess of? What do you mean? So, like, in the the, the two years that you were there after they had bought things... Did you find that there was something they did during that point of time that they don't do now because it sucked so bad they they had to change it drastically? Some sort of procedure on the road, setup, uh, wasted days, like, you know, extra travel, like... Hmm. I don't know. I can't think. I've... Like I said, this this initial show was still, it was just, it was still a, everything was still done. You know, nothing changed for this show as far not, as that. Not for specifically this show, but like going forward once they took over everything. I'll give you an example. So yeah, I guess I, yeah, give me. They ran some really shitty buildings. You guys had some dumpster fire buildings. <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Gary, Gary found some dumpster fire Gary, buildings for sure. Gary found some dumpster fire the, the, the parking lot or parking garage or whatever the hell it was in Columbus. No, it was fairgrounds. No, there was another. What was the one in Columbus that basically looked like? I remember looking at that. It wasn't one I was. It was after I was taken off the road and seeing it, it looked like a fucking parking garage. It was a big uh, circle. Yeah, it was one of the early shows Don't. too. I remember I had TMDK on the show. Uh, I feel like it was Columbus. Maybe it wasn't, but yeah, they ran the uh, the fairgrounds in Columbus. Um, yeah. It was actually like the uh, convention mm-hmm. hall on the fairgrounds property. So it was a nice little building. It was hot. But it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I, I feel like they've gotten better with building selection. Yeah, in terms of how it fits, I think the the one that's a problem is in Columbus. Now, ironically enough, uh, Express Live, uh, I think it's a, a concert hall more than a wrestling venue. Yeah. And it's just not great. Um, Milwaukee. The initial building went back to Milwaukee. Okay. I remember being told that that one was shitty. <laughs> yeah, it was. The Ross Draper Ice Arena. <laughs> that was a shitty building. That's that one I was actually at in Pittsburgh area. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we had a. I will say this: it's not like we had the best track record for all the buildings. We we wrestled on horse shit in the fairgrounds in Marco, Ontario. Yeah, yes, you did. Uh, also, basketball in a city, twice. basketball city, two tents, Fucking basketball city, tents. Yeah, yeah. It's not always the greatest track record of building selection. It's not quite the MGM Grand, is what you're saying. Correct. 
Well, no, it's 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 not even the the, the Tropicana in Atlantic <laughs> City for the game changer. <laughs> it's Sam, Samstown Casino. Uh, we continue, and that was almost the thing for us. And back in the day, so yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's where that's where they ran run Vegas now, Samstown Casino. Yeah. It's like the anniversary home of the anniversary shows, isn't it? Basically, yes, it is. It's an excuse to go to Vegas. There you go. Uh, so, there you go. But, we get to the get to the actual show, I guess. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um. Oh, so one of the thing before the show even starts, completely separate from um all of the 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 Sinclair drama and announcements and everything else before the show even starts. Uh. This show marked the birth of my Steen is Right stuff that I was doing. This show, I pain made flyers for me. Um, well, didn't make them. I went and made the copies, but he created the flyer, sent me over the image. I made the copies. Uh, I asked him, hopefully by the time this airs, he can dig them up for me so I can put up what that first flyer looked like. I still want uh, my T-shirt, Alex. <laughs> and uh, size large. Hell, 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 at this point, you can just make our own. <laughs> yeah, we probably could get the image for. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i mean just make our own uh but it was and then i got um the 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 gentleman eventually known as cheeseburger to fire the parking lot for me with the steam is right flyers so he, besides uh, Payne and Hunter, I guess was, was the first person to be let in on it. Uh, after I was told to to, to kayfabe it by 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 the Booker man. Um, God, I regret doing that. I regret not, not telling Kevin what I was doing or Steve. Um, but yeah, so the show marked the birth. of the Stina's the the Stina's right movement that would continue on through Final Battle 2011. No, and and in the end, he was right. Yes, yes, he was. Fuck Ring of Honor. <laughs> and also, I did see. So as as I was looking, because the one like I said, the one thing that was not on this DVD that I thought would have been nice was the announcement itself. Cornette does announce. Uh, that we will be back in August to tape. So that did get announced that day. Yeah, and I, I remember being at the August tapings. It was the final night for the Kings of Wrestling. My, my, yep, my, my 
my one and only appearance on Sinclair TV and uh, my second to last appearance on uh, any Ring of Honor events. Yep. A sad day. Mm-hmm. Sad and a happy day in some ways because the yeah. TV tapings were a lot of fun. It's like the only fun oh, set of TV fuck. tapings I've ever been to. It was long as fuck. I just remember that. The whole, weekend was long. whole weekend was long for me. Taped four shows as opposed to the normal three, and that was the problem. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yes. So the Cornette announcement that kicks off everything, which should have been on the DVD and was not for whatever reason. Nope. But I think they tried, I think they tried to sync everything up as best they could of dropping the announcement, uh, through the press release at, you know, similar in close proximity to Jim making the announcement to the, the fans in attendance. So the press release came out. Um, I don't see a timestamp on here, but I feel like it was three o'clock Eastern time. So like okay. two, two o'clock yeah. central somewhere. I've seen maybe three thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew probably by, by three o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it would have been a long speech meeting, maybe 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Does that seem about right? Ow. Say that again. What was 45 minutes? The Joe Coff meeting and speech. I don't know. It felt like an eternity. No. Well, 45 <laughs> minutes is a long time for one. <laughs> One person to be in charge of a room. Yeah, yeah. And quite, quite frankly, this podcast will be three and a half hours long. So yeah, that's yeah. Well, there's there's two of us in charge here. Yeah, Alleged, allegedly, and yeah, Ow. yeah. I'm the I'm the underling here. Ah. Um, Fetch me a coffee, bitch. You have coffee. It's gone. I need another one. Oh, well, I tried to I... step and watch the Game of Thrones finale last night. Fell asleep with 15 minutes left. I'm tired. We'll we'll go fast then with this. So you can go back to the last fifteen minutes. So of- I can't. I gotta wait till night tonight after work. I can't. Me and Mary watch it together. Me and Mrs. Hagner do not watch the show separately. So we have to finish it together. We always finish together. Well, our TV shows. Get your mind out of the gutter. You filthy fake Kurt Cobain hair. Leave my hair alone. <laughs> voluptuous, okay, and blonde. I've uh, for those out there, Shane is not the only former Ring of Honor alumni to make fun of my hair uh, this week. Uh, conversation with a couple people and uh, told them I was dyeing my hair to a lighter color. And uh, one referred to, Shane referred to it as a midlife crisis. No, I referred to the color as midlife crisis. Oh, the color was midlife yes. crisis. Yes. Uh, so somebody else fun. referred to it as. I've gone blind from sun in. <laughs> That's what I'm using to dye my hair. And uh, you could only you, you probably have a good idea as to who that was. If 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 my camera was not broken, I would take a picture of you and put it on Patreon right now. But my camera is broken on my phone. Get a new phone. T my uh, yeah yeah. T my phone. Join the revolution. Uh, but yeah, everybody seems to be not a big fan of the blonde hair. I like it. Summer blondes have more fun. Leave me be. It's not Michael Hayes platinum blonde. So if uh, you guys want to see my hair out there, hit up patreon.com, get the $12 tier and uh, you'll get a DVD and see my hair. 
But uh, we opened the show, Kevin Kelly and Eric Santa Maria on commentary here. And uh, Homicide taking on Michael Elgin with Truth Martini is your opening contest. Can I tell you how much I hated Homicide's music? The LA, was this the LAX theme? Yes. Yeah. Dog shit. Yeah. And no offense to Conan, who does the uh, the rapping on it. This is not Ring of Honor Homicide. It, it just... Ha! I figured out how to take a picture on Skype. No. <laughs> yes! You didn't know how to do that? Don't you remember all the times I... I tried, oh, God, you don't even get my head. No. Do I need to sit lower? I don't know. But now... But uh, in terms of the entrance for Homicide, you almost completely lose his um, his authenticity. You know that that he had. Um, yeah, it, it sucked. Like I, mean, I love I love Homicide matches, but I don't I don't love this Homicide. This is not, not a my Homicide. Not you know it's not your Beanie Siegel entrance oh. no it's not the same but i guess to be fair on that end of things um this theme would be more recognizable to a larger audience true i suppose well they have a, a fun match not anything that was great i would say uh but it got the crowd into things um couple highlights for me is uh the the physicality both guys were really throwing hard you know at one another um elgin would miss a tumbleweed senton in the corner homicide hits a super hurricane rana elgin would hit some strikes to homicide's face homicide escapes with a power bomb and delivers an ace crusher for the pin at 98 flat that was flat, flat, finish. flat finish um Homicide's facials in this were great. Uh, I thought this was a bad choice for the opener, though. Um, Agreed. I think the tag match that follows would have been a much better opener. But yeah, um, that's they dropped. Of course, they get the sale, the talk of the sale, and right away on commentary. And uh, he said, "Homicide's facials were the highlight for me. Watch watching Homicide in this body, like everything, his body language, his facials, like watching Homicide for me is is always." Um, is the highlight, you know, more so than the content of the match, just him and the way he carries himself. Um, it, well, it's always a, is always a joy to watch. Uh, they do keep talking about several times the, about him being banged up and he was his injuries. And uh, yeah, he was it, definitely him having that that conversation in in Atlanta before this um, about it uh, with him. But did never stopped him from going as hard as he could, no matter how he was feeling. Um, and I, I thought it was an interesting choice to put him up. Uh, but not a bad, not a bad choice. Just I, I, I didn't remember the result of this match. So it kind of surprised me, I guess. I just, I, I don't like. Elgin. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> does anybody? <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big fan of himself. That's for sure. Uh, Sammy Callahan's a fan. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, but Homicide finishing the match with an ace crusher, I think, just speaks to the level of, of injury that he was dealing with. I don't think even, you know, if I was to agent the match out, I would not have homicide doing a cop killer to to Elgin either at all. Either. Really? Um, No, no, I. It would be an impressive visual. But homicide doesn't need that to get over. He doesn't need to say the homicide was already over. He doesn't need to be hitting this move on. Well, not. In terms of height, big the big guy, but in terms of stature, Elgin was a fucking beast. Yep. Like I just I don't think I don't think that's something you know I I would not agent that as the finish for the simple sake of protecting Elgin. I would have in a way, I, um, and I don't mean fat. And when I say protecting, I don't mean physical safety. I just mean. Presentation of Elgin. Like homicide to homicide to me should not be able to put Elgin in that position to deliver a cop killer because Elgin is a fucking beast and one of the strongest men on the roster. So in that case, then he goes for just a regular ace crusher, which at this point is the RKO mm-hmm. diamond cutter, et cetera, et cetera. And D, he's seems- not he's obviously not going to use the coat. I don't you know. He's not going to be using the the, the coat Gima Lariat on Elgin. Elgin. Elgin's, you know. <laughs> Thick as a brick. Yeah. I would have done a top rope ace crusher just because that's something from his bag of tricks that have come out over the years. Yes, and I think as it would have been much less flat of a finish. Yeah, more effective physically, uh, a cooler visual because Elgin has this unique body shape where he's a short guy, but his width is impressive yeah especially Mm -hmm. around this time he really started getting into great 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 physical shape and to me it just would have been it would have looked more impressive that he pulled elgin off the top rope you know you could even show like a still image of elgin holding on to the top rope as homicides cutting him off the top with the, the the ace crusher yeah, yeah. No, I I would have been I would have been uh, all in on that one as the finish instead of just this standard ace crusher because yeah, just I felt it was kind of it was flat and I think the fans like gauging the reaction to the crowd to it was kind of like that was the finish. Mm-hmm. Nine minutes twenty eight seconds. Homicide picking up the win in the opener. We head backstage. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, aka Future Shock. God, I'm sorry. I apologize Star- to all of you for making Star- you listen to this. Starcade 90. Uh, 89 or 90? I don't remember. I'm just apologizing to you collectively for making you listen to this and for recording this promo. Yeah, they say talk is cheap and they'll use their actions to prove they're better than the bravados tonight. It's, yeah, I wish it was that succinct. I succinct it because it was so just... Wordy you, so and... you can see, but the thing is, all right, so it, it, you can see in terms of as a talker, Cole's potential, though. Mm-hmm. He has delivery, inflection, some to- some vocal range. Uh, Kyle, not so much. 
He's, and I and I, I don't and I, I enjoy Kyle as a wrestler, but I don't think <laughs> while watching this 2011 promo and watching 2019 NXT promos, it's nope. not the same guy, huh? It's not the same guy. I'm saying it's not much improvement. No, I think he's so much better I think now. He's so much he better promo. Least... I feel like it's the same delivery. I don't but think it's, it's, I feel like it hasn't gotten any. Hasn't changed. It's done like Adam, better body language. Yeah. Yeah, it's less uh, nervous because I can definitely say that at this point, Adam was much more comfortable. Because uh, I can a promo, I and, can and, buy somebody who's a bad promo if their body language is emphasizing the words. Yeah, Kyle was not, not the I, the message, but the words. It, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At this point, I was filming all of the backstage promos um, for the most part. Every once in a while. While if I was super busy, Ernie would like grab the camera or like a maybe even grid, like somebody else would grab the camera and do it for me if I couldn't. But I was for the most part filming all the backstage stuff. I would kind of prior to the shows, um, when I started doing this with Adam, it would be like, all right, what's next? Like, what's going to be at what's what's I, I know our card, but what also is what are we building towards? So that way it's like, all right, I've got this list of promos that are for the video wires. And I have these promo spots for the DVD to try and you know break up. So as I've said before, it wasn't match, 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 match. And if I had a structure of the card too, I wouldn't film a Future Shock promo and a Bravado promo because the Bravados are getting an entering promo. So I don't need to film one of those. So I did a lot of the backstage stuff myself and... Kai was not comfortable at this point. No. With with the talky. With the talking. Um and yeah, I bust busting balls, but it's like you have to the only way to get better at it is to fucking do it. You know? Correct. The only way to get better at it is to do it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And so this he might not have been comfortable doing it, but they always did them. You know, it wasn't an avoidance where there are there were people I felt sometimes, especially at the beginning of me doing them kind of just kind of, I thought we felt like like pushed on. I can't think of like specific people, but just like instances where I'm like kind of like, all right, later, later, and just kept getting pushed off and pushed off. And they wanted to do them because they wanted to get better, you know. New, like, I feel like at this point, Cal knew he wasn't good at them, but want you know wanted to get better. And you know, I'm making a joke that it's the same because it's not the same. <laughs> He's not, he has gotten better. Um, but also, you know, even at this point, when you have uh, when you have somebody who 
was as comfortable a talker as Cole. When you're not a comfortable talker, it stands out even more. Was was Adam Cole sexually harassed at this point, or did that not start till later? I don't know. <laughs> he was probably from, you know, the second he laced up boots for the first time, he was probably harassed by somebody somewhere. Steve Curry now. I would just say anybody anywhere. Um, and if you've never seen uh, now Adam is a heel promo too, when he would do stuff like in CZW, I don't remember. I don't know if he started at this point, but he was a hell of a heel promo too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just I guess my point being like Adam's so comfortable, Kyle so not. Um, it made Kyle's lack of comfort stand out more. I feel like. And they definitely could have chopped this promo down and made them do another take. Or two, or three, or four. But, nevertheless, the bravado bandwagon of Lancelot and Harlem bravado would roll to the ring to take on Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, a.k.a. Future Shock. And uh, Harlem has the microphone, and before he can talk, Cole and O'Reilly hit the ring. Lance and Harlem jump Cole and O'Reilly from behind, and we're off to the races in this match. This should have been the opener. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I love Healy on the Bravados for being Tar Heel fans. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. So I was in Bristol with the school offices. Um, and I couldn't, it, my, my phone, as I said, broken camera. But I'm at the riverfront with Nathan walking Bristol. Um, couple blocks away from where the off the old offices the worldwide dojo is now and uh there's like apartments over this this uh this restaurant uh, uh king george and i look up and there's a tar heels banner hanging on the balcony of this apartment in bristol pennsylvania and i so wanted to take a picture and send it along but um yeah non-functioning camera Get an iPhone. No. Yes. All the cool kids are doing it. You're never too old to learn all the other various cliches. Yes. That I can throw out. Don't be afraid to try new things. So on and so forth. But the Bravados, uh, they spent a lot of time isolating Kyle O'Reilly in this match. And I feel like that was the way, because Adam Cole had this, charisma that didn't need forced out of him. It just naturally oozed. Mm-hmm. Kyle was able to fight his way into getting emotion and fight his way into emotion. And when the mm-hmm. hot tag is made to Adam Cole and he comes in, he hits Harlem with a couple back elbows, I think a drop kick maybe, uh, and then a couple of super kicks or enziguris or something like that was the sequence. And um, this crowd is fully into Adam Cole, but it was Kyle O'Reilly's beatdown that really elicited the big comeback from Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why those two worked so well together as partners, was they each had their own little niche as part of the tag team. It's just, yeah, it's one of those things that to me, it was a shame it was so, it felt so short lived. I don't remember. The time stamp on how long it went, the, the, them as a unit, but it just it, it feels so short lived. A little over a year, yeah, maybe a year and a half at the most. 
But hey, they're back together now. They're part of the Undisputed Era. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I mean, I thought this was a great little like. Did you just do the amazing red thing at me? Yeah. Isn't that their hand signal? Don't they no, steal they red? do like they'd have the. It's a U and an E. Oh. Yeah. It's like here's an E and here's this? a U. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a U. They make it a U and an E. Yeah. Nobody watches that. Uh, so yes, they do. <laughs> nobody I... watches NXT. <laughs> it's funny. Um, this, I thought this, this had for it being a little longer than I think it needed to be. Uh, I thought this was a great showcase for the for the young guys, you know, yeah, the coming. And I thought the bravados got a hell of a job of getting some heel heat. Uh, with, they knew with, when to with slow the match down. And, um, yeah, I just thought it, I thought it was a great showcase for all four guys. I just I. The, but there's always that part of me uh, when it came to to those two that feels like they got the short end of the stick in the scheme of things in the young bucks, future shock, bravados, um, picture. They did a, but I'm just saying, which I'm just talking about those three because they had like the the series of matches. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of always felt like the bravados kind of got the they were the overlooked. An- like almost anchor of the 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 younger generation of the the tag teams, which was they a shame. Were so good too, and I feel like they could have only gotten better yeah. as, as time went on, and they got to work with other teams. That the idea of being chicken shit heels is not what anybody wants to do, and they felt like they embraced it. It's so much fun to be a chicken shit heel. Yeah, but the Bucks, they want to do this. You know, this time they want to do the flips and the super kicks and the ha-ha stuff. And then you had Cole and O'Reilly who were doing this 150 miles an hour match every time out. Mm -hmm. And And you had the anchor babies. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I just said anchor babies. I'm an anchor team. (laughs) Well, but that's... (laughs) It's It fits. (laughs) <laughs> the are you are you, you have you been watching a little bit too much oh, of the league Jesus. lately uh the anchor team yes um they they really held things down as heels and you know the references we'll see it later and in, in the video wire after the show but the references to grandma bravado and the, the sweaters and the they really like valued heel work yeah and different style heel work than you would see from a violent tag team of heels. Um, so I enjoyed their work. But the finish would come at 9 minutes, 46 seconds. The Bravados would deliver a neckbreaker suplex combination for two. Uh, Harlem would enziguri Cole into a German suplex from Lancelot. Uh, Cole and O'Reilly would hit the double team kicks to the head. Cole wheelbarrows Harlem into a lung blower from Kyle O'Reilly. Adam Cole hoists him on his back. We get the back cracker. And that is nine minutes, 46 seconds. Your winners, future shock. Everyone was so blown up at the end. (laughs) There were a lot of breaths being taken. Yeah, this was uh, very very fast. Very fast. This is one of those moments where I'm like, slow it down, kids. Just a little. Well, it is good stuff. It was good if, stuff. If we want to talk about slowing things down, we can go to the next segment. I oh, and the thing is, and it's I'm not a bad a, segment. I'm a fan of everyone involved in this, but the segment literally starts at tw- around 28 minutes on the DVD, and 
by the time we head to the next segment, it's 52 minutes on the DVD. It's very long and it feels longer than it is. I was surprised it wasn't over. It wasn't a half hour. It, it was that it was under a half hour. It was long. Um, and it felt every minute of the 24 minutes that this thing went. But Steve Carino would come out to the ring and he says he's been trying very hard to be a good person and thanks the fans for having his back and sticking by his side. Uh, he took a month off from wrestling because he was on a losing streak. And Mike Bennett was hell-bent on pushing him off the wagon. Of course, not alcohol or drugs, but being evil. In that time, he says he reconnected with someone who was looking for redemption in Ring of Honor. Someone just as evil as him. Uh, Carino gets ready to announce his sponsor, which has been hyped up for quite some time now. When Mike Bennett, Carino's opponent for the night, would make his way out, his music would play, and the prodigy would make his way to the ringside. Bennett would say that he doesn't believe Carino has a sponsor because nobody likes him and he's burned all of his bridges. That's not true. I like Steve. Carino says as an old man, he's realized how wrong he was. By the way, it's so funny. He refers to himself as an old man. Daniels is on this show and 100 years older. Uh, he realized how wrong he was and tries to tell Bennett that he's. Let's say, no, it's 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 one of those things. It's almost like and through the years, like they make the joke on, on that all the time of uh, like they treat Steve like the old veteran in 2002 and he'd been wrestling for like six years. <laughs> but they talk about him like the old veteran. Well, and we talked about this uh, on some of our Patreon bonus stuff, but I recently saw uh, Guilty as Charged 2000, which, or 99 maybe it was, he makes his pay-per-view debut uh, in a segment with Tommy Dreamer. And he looks like Colby. Yeah. Like now, Colby. And I I just, I had to laugh because I'm like, okay. And as I was watching this show back, I'm like, okay, so my math, like 11, 12 years later, Colby's going to look like this. <laughs> so Colby, get your Supercard of Honor 11 DVD, and uh, that'll be what you look like as a dad. Uh, Supercard of Honor 6. But, or 6, yeah. in tw- from 2011. Yes. Yes. Whatever, whatever year this is. Yes, 2011. I love. I, I was a big fan of this uh, angle. I mean, I, I love. I, I don't know how much I put it over when we did Revolution USA in the archives. I talked about it a lot. I was a big fan of the redemption angle and the the sponsor stuff, and you know that the, the it just kind of that it being a way to draw out, even though. You know, and, and behind the scenes, it kind of sucked um, in front of the camera, a way to continue to tease the fans with Kevin, um, bring Kevin Steen uh, and bring Jimmy back into the fold. It was a really good way to bring Jimmy back. And I can't remember. I think I remember this being like Hunter telling me that this was his idea of what to do with Jimmy, or at least telling me that it was the idea of what to do with Jimmy. Um, and I really liked the idea a lot. I really dug the Steve stuff, all the stuff they did on the on the website with various letters and Steen would like tease stuff about coming back. I think around this time he may have tweeted something along the lines of like it's a windy day today or something along those lines to tease that he was going to be in Chicago. Uh, <clears throat> it was uh, 
it was just there's a lot of really good stuff here that built. Not only did it build, but it, it elicited genuine emotion from the crowd. Yeah. yeah like and there was something Steve. that the crowd held on to. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that was lacking around this time was that connectability for a story, not a yes. match. Because story. there were a lot of incredible matches. Yep. And we would see a lot more later in the evening. But around this time, there was not a storyline that fans hung on to yeah. the way they did with, with this Carino evil goes to evil rehab, gets a sponsor. That would all of course lead to Kevin coming back, but, um, and continue Jake, on. I mean, cause you got to figure this story, as you said, start, this story started after final battle, 2009 mm-hmm. and continues three years, three years. And beyond, because then it that that's just where the generico part of it ends. It found about 2012, and then it continues on into the scum stuff and the dissolution of scum, and it, it's it's it, like it's almost as if Steve this once Steve got involved in the Steve generico story, it's almost as if his entire career in Ring of Honor from that point forward is one actual logical continuing story of evil and whatever wherever the Kevin Sullivan stuff was going with BJ and then and Colby's involvement in the decade stuff like it, it almost feels like everything that Steve's career in Ring of Honor became once one continuous story starting in 2010 because yeah. and even even this portion of it this rehab stuff and bringing in Jimmy and then Jimmy joining, going back to the dark side, and then finally the night Kevin wins the belt in Canada, and you get the group hug. Like even that, that's 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 oh, a year away from this moment. And, and it it's, was it's it's a pretty impressive thing to see that 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 they give this one continuous story of of Steve Carino. And mm. we've talked about the continuous story of of Kevin Steen when we did the Hell Rising in the archives, but you know, Carino has his own continuing ongoing story from. For the last, I mean, what four or five years of his Ring of Honor career, were if you put Carino, Kevin Steen, Jimmy Jacobs all together, those three guys, their brains are so smart for how to maybe not book an entire company, but to make what they're involved in logical, methodical, and be able to elicit this genuine reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Their entire run. That's the kind of, of brain that you want booking a company. And yeah. I think that's what makes it difficult booking a company because to have that for multiple stuff, it's mm-hmm. easy when you're only focusing, focusing on your own to yep. tell your own story. Um, but yeah, it's still like, I don't know. This was, this was a great, Payoff, even though it had been it had been spoiled uh, that night, that day earlier in the day by anyone. Uh, I, I think it got spoiled by the Meltzer earlier in the day. I don't remember. It did. It did. Oh. I know. Yeah, that, that, that it did get spoiled earlier in the day. Oh, the Jacobs was a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think a lot of us probably saw it coming, but didn't 
know how it was going to go over. Like, we didn't know if it was going to be like, oh, Jacob just immediately turns on him. I just obviously you can tell by the crowd responses that people were expecting Kevin. Mm-hmm. And that was the point. I mean, it's very clearly Steve's engaging in, in his his wordplay is very much directed to steer you towards Kevin being the one. Yep. And we would see more references to Kevin Steen later in the evening. But uh, from the crowd, Jimmy Jacobs would come that come out. And uh, as Carino is lecturing Mike Bennett on how he's conducting himself and uh, Jacobs would come out look like a sports entertainer. (laughs) That's such a great line, too. It was true, though. He does. He does. And and to this day, he is a sports entertainer on on the 205 live show. I had a hell of a match with Tozawa a few weeks ago. Yes, did. And there was a four way last night involving Brian Kendrick. Uh, Mike, um, Tony Nice, and somebody else that I really wanted to go out of my way to see. I just never got to it yesterday. His name's Tony Knees. 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 Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, because he has legs. Yeah. Tony. He's not, he's not like, uh, Dustin Thomas. No. Wow. Come on. Rude. Dustin Thomas would be awesome on 205 Live. Yeah. He'd at least have a personality. A lot of those guys don't have any personalities. Arya Davari. I'd rather see Arya Stark. Um, but Jacob is out. <laughs> the fans chant welcome back. He gives Carino a big hug. Jacobs is the sponsor. And uh, Jacob says two years ago, he walked out of Ring of Honor. And at the time, everyone was happy to see him go. Not me. He admits he did a lot of things he regrets in ROH and has gotten physically and mentally better over the last two years, which is why Carino called him. He says the final road to recovery was returning to ROH and making sure Steve Carino would never fall off the wagon again. Again, excellent wording on substituting evil or alcohol for evil Mm -hmm. uh, or being a heel. He says that he's only back if the ROH officials will allow him to stay. He says, although he's fought tons of great opponents at the time, he was fighting for the wrong reasons. There's an age of the fall chant going on in the yep. background here, which was shocking to me. Um, I have no recall of that ever being chanted uh, until this night. He says that for the first time ever, he wants to fight for honor. So not love, not violence, not vengeance, but honor. Multiple officials, including Jim Cornette, come out to dismiss Jimmy from the building. Cool. Let you talk for 10 minutes, bro, but <laughs> then we're going to come carry you out. We're going to wrap it up. Just it's one, come uh, out. One of the things up. that I thought of um, that would have helped with the flow of this segment and make it maybe make it not feel so long is because it's a DVD product. We should have put some B-roll. Yeah, in hindsight, thinking of all right, if this was somebody's first DVD and they had never, they didn't know Jimmy's story, some B-roll of what his uh, violent actions had been would have been a good um, thing to just kind of lay over the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether you know him hanging, hanging of Jay Briscoe or dog collar match with with Aries or. It, the, the power the, bomb spot. The power bomb spot. Just uh, him stabbing somebody with the spike. Like some of the, just some of those shots would have been beneficial to break up the 
person talking for 10 minutes between Steven and Jimmy and just to, to, to showcase some, the history of Jimmy for, for new eyes. Well, we're not done with talking yet as Mike Bennett gets back on the microphone and he's begging Carino to hit him. Bennett says even his son wouldn't help him. Carino and Bennett would immediately start throwing punches at each other. And we're off and running with this great match. Um, I thought Carino and Mike Bennett had this really fun chemistry with each other. Yeah. And to the point where Carino would place the ring bell on Mike Bennett's crotch. He hits it with the ring hammer behind the referee's back. He does it a second time, too. He puts on his like best George the Animal steel face. His tongue's hanging out. And he's like, ah. Carino genuinely yeah. seems to be having fun here. And I think that's the key. When you see a performer having fun, you believe what they're doing. And you get behind it. Steve's what I made the same note with this match that I made with the homicide facials. Mm-hmm. Face Steve's facials to him selling what he's doing, the thumb and the bomb, the the ring bell, the just like everything. It's like you can see that he's getting like getting off on the violence almost. Like he's it's exciting him and he's he's selling it though, you know, the way the way somebody sells that first drink in the morning, the afternoon, or whenever they have their first taste of their poison whatever their choice is it's it's bottled water it's a great and now your poison is now bang yeah <laughs> that's true uh it, yeah the, the, the Black facials military. yeah the facials try the frosé or the brosé rosé or whatever it's called it's pretty good intimidated um, by other flavors <laughs> <laughs> my sister-in-law has me on the purple haze that's the other one that i like I don't know if I'll yeah. try anything else. Like that, yeah. No, no not that purple haze. Alright. I have a card, okay? <laughs> I know you do. I know. Uh, maybe I, when I go maybe when I go to the doctor about my sleep app, yeah, I can inquire about my own card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll probably get it too. Yeah. Tell them you have PTSD <laughs> from being in wrestling. You're <laughs> yeah, so much so that I have to go back to it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Uh, but so as we enter hour two of this match, yes, uh, we get yeah. a, the match itself is not long. It's no, ten the minutes match is second, and it's good. The, every everything on this show has been ten minutes so because far. that promo went what oh, like an hour, yeah, uh, and it was all pointful and important to establish, mm-hmm. but it just seemed like it went too long. It was too wordy. Um, there's a lot of action in this match. Uh, Carino uh, would drop. Uh, Bennett with a Mishinoku driver for two, which I think is the only time I've ever seen him hit that. Uh, and the whole match is basically Carino on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of maybe a couple hope spots for Bennett, which is bizarre, considering yeah. he's the heel. Uh, yeah. There's like a Mike yeah. Bennett drop Carino kick. Gets, Carino getting the side effect. Yeah. Uh, Bennett gets his foot on the rope to break up a pinfall. It uh, hits the spine buster. The sit out Uranagi gets him a two count. Uh, Carino applies the abdominal stretch and can't help but shove his thumb into Mike Bennett's butt. Uh, that would be the thumb in the bum. Gets the smell for big pop from the crowd. The referee prevents him from doing it a second time. And Bennett catches Carino with a pile driver as he's distracted for the win at 10 minutes and two seconds. Um, this is the end of the Bennett Carino feud. And I like the Canada match a lot better. 
I understand why they did another one. But I felt like this would have been served one less match. Yeah. Um, or maybe do do a tag match yeah. of some sort to mix it up. There were three, and there was New York before that, right? Right. Yeah, there were three. We had three matches over the course of four shows, I think. Some, yeah, and it might have been four or five shows, but yeah, uh, this this was a good match. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, and I think you see signs of of real stardom from Mike Bennett in this match. Well, just as, as you as, saw in the previous match, as I, as I mentioned in, in, in our group, in, in our in our text chats, like that, I think I look back on it now, and I think Bennett was definitely underappreciated um, because he wasn't the because he wasn't the mold of Ring of Honor style, as I'm doing air quotes. You know, because he was the as as Steve said, the sports entertainer in the Ring of Honor locker room of you know. But he was well, really good at it. He had a yeah. great, he had a great body. He was didn't blow spots, didn't fuck up moves. He sold his heel character. He had that arrogance to him. Like he was very good at what his role was, and I think it was underappreciated this this time frame. I haven't, I didn't see, I have not seen too much of the kingdom stuff with him yet. It's uh, a lot of fun, but. You know, this era of Bennett watching it back, um, the the stuff, as I've said before, the stuff without Bob, because I thought Bob was a star, like the, the I just didn't think that worked. The brutal Bob character and what Bennett was being portrayed as don't didn't work together for me. Um, so when he was off on his own away from the comedy that kind of came with Bob, uh, I, I thought he shined at this point. And he did, um, but that would that would lead us to a twenty-four minute bell the bell segment, give or take. Yeah, now around twenty-eight to around fifty-two. Yep. So El Generico would take on Chris Hero with Shane Hagedorn it's in not his Chris corner. Hero. It's Thor. It's Thor, uh, and not Fat Thor. I think we're long past Avengers, so we can kind of mention yes. Fat Thor. Yes, Fat Thor. Yeah, um, this no. is not Fat Thor. No, no. But Generico brings out the Nerf Thor hammer to mock Chris Hero's shocking resemblance. I said I was trying to remember so bad, like wh- whose idea this was. <laughs> whose idea this was? If it was Chris's or Generico's uh, to do this, but Thor had come out like it came out on like May second. Of, so it was you know a couple weeks into the into the uh, the run of the first Thor movie, so it was it was pretty fresh, and I enjoyed this. And stuff. it got a it got a great reaction. I looked. I'm gonna also say I looked I looked pretty good. You know, at this point, in 2011. I don't know what I was doing, but I feel like I, I looked like I was in decent shape. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. You know, and and it's a shame because Chris Hero and yourself. Still around, uh, of course. Chris, known as Cassius Ono these days, but yeah, still around. El Generico faded into oblivion. Yep, somewhere yep. in Mexico behind a wall. No, yeah. uh, desert. I hope he's not. I hope he's okay. We miss him. Well, I hope he comes back one day. But mm-hmm. uh, Hero and Generico immediately begin 
having a great match, just as they always do. Um, I always go back to that opener in New York, uh, Glory Bonner six, maybe the one that we covered in the archives. Probably, yeah. Man, well, Manhattan Mayhem two. Uh, no, Manhattan Mayhem two is Steena Generico against Briscoes. Two out of three falls. Oh, well, which yeah, which one was it? I know we covered. I know we talked about the match. Maybe it was when we did the hero episode. But we've talked about it. We talked about it. Phenomenal. They have phenomenal chemistry. Hero's gear is thirty-two different colors in that match. Yes, yes, it is. It looks like a a Superman ice cream. Yeah, it was a tremendous match. They have such great chemistry together, and I don't know what it is that makes them work so well together. But this is just another example of that. I think that this. This point of hero, we are into um, full gear hero, just trunks, you know, yeah. pro pro wrestling hero uh, in the Noah style for the shirt. Um, no more elbow, no more golden elbow pad. This is full kings of wrestling. We just lost the tag belts, and here looks like a killer, like. And I think that's part of what makes this one work so well is you've got such a phenomenal babyface in Generico for his selling, his body language. Um, and you've got Hero who was on fire at this point for with, with the, the knockout stuff. And just I felt like he was hitting on all strides coming off the match with Eddie um, from uh, Rev Canada. Rev Canada. Uh, just man, this was. So good, um, and it was. I think it just it was perfect. Like the the this this version of hero and the baby face like Generico, it was just perfect. To they're a perfect combination together. So there's there's one thing that really I enjoyed uh, above all else, and it's a spot that they kind of took from their first match that they had in New York and brought to this match, and. Hero would catch Generico with a big boot. Uh, Generico would fight back with a blo- uh, blocking an elbow strike. And Hero hits him anyways. And you see Generico sell with both of his hands in different places on his body. Mm-hmm. And he's like multitasking his selling. And as nerdy as that sounds, he literally gets the ability to sympathize for fans on both sides of, of on two sides of the ring and the other two sides of the ring that he's selling to they see his face and they see his back and when you're able to sell to an entire building of people just off of one sequence that creates a reaction a very large reaction and i just think the way we're seeing Generico here as a babyface reacting to violent Kings of Wrestling Chris Hero. Yep. It makes for a very special wrestling match. And I don't know. I I think the Chicago Street Fight on this show is my favorite match on the show. But this is awful close. Yeah, this was just... I mentioned it before in the matches that we've talked about where I'm ringside. You don't 
always you're not always able to appreciate them as much because you're in the moment and watching it. You know, I'm yeah, from, you're the second, from the second I come out of that curtain until I go back behind that curtain, I'm like in the zone. So watching them back on DVD is when you can really ab- appreciate the match. And yeah, this was this was good poo. This was very good, very good stuff. Well, the finish would come again at 10 minutes, 53 seconds. And Hero will connect with the Cyclone kick. He pins Generico with his feet on the ropes. However, the fans inform referee Todd Sinclair of this. So he decides to restart the match. You and your client are not to be trusted. It was bullshit. I saw Gener- a pin. Generico hits a big Yakuza kick. And how he gets his leg up so high to connect with Hero. Hero's a tall guy. 6'3", 6'4". Generico getting his leg that up. That high up, the hell of a kick. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hits the Yakuza kick and a half Nelson suplex, gets the pin, 10 minutes, 53 seconds. Um, the finish was a little silly, but I don't think it really hurt. No, um, not at all. Generico. And I, 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 I forgot, like, again, because I don't always remember everything, like, that how close they were together, the restart and the finish. Um, but yeah, was that was just, that was good. It's just I didn't care for Todd Sinclair listening to the fans. If you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting out there with them. Is the old adage. But aside from that, this is a flawless wrestling match. And I think that's all you can really say. Yeah, I, I find no fault with this match at all, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And like I said, here looking like a killer. Like this is the kind of hero that could have could have walked around with a strap you know right yeah. here yeah well, we've talked about it in the past you know but i mean he wasn't long for this world no so no Run, running back uh, or running away i should say yeah um and to this day i don't think we'll ever see him in a ring of honor wrestling ring again yeah i would be very surprised if we did um it would be a good get, but not going to happen. Um, speaking of things that will never happen again, um, we get Charlie Haas of, quote, wrestling's greatest tag team, unquote, taking on doctor, lawyer, fireman, fireman, superhero. Superhero, paramedic, American Wolf. Star, American Wolf, Davey Richards, up next. And this is, of course, part of the battle of two of the top tag teams, uh, members of two of the top tag teams in Ring of Honor. You and I were discussing the other day via text message that this Davey Richards-Charlie Haas match is the single best match that Charlie Haas ever had as a single. Yes. I think this is a fantastic match. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there's a a way to... There have been other good Charlie Haas single matches, but not at this level. And not that are widely available. 
was gonna say nothing that I uh, nothing Happy. that I ever witnessed in WWE product or in Ring of Honor's uh, the, tenure I, there. I vaguely remember like a a single with Eddie on SmackDown when it was like Eddie and Tajiri against Haas and Benjamin. Gotcha. They split them, and then um, as I mentioned to you, there was a low key match, but that was ECWA, and those tapes are you know, 22, 23 years old at this point, somewhere in that vicinity. Gotcha. So we're not exactly uh, talking about a litany of great Charlie Oss singles matches. Quite frankly, Grizzly, and- Red- Grizzly Redwood kicking his ass was the best. Took the words. Yeah, I think that was a much better match. Um, apparently, Charlie Haas works well with smaller guys. <laughs> And wow, does Davey look small next to Charlie. Oh, my God. There's like an entire person difference between the two of them in terms of height. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of a an interesting thing because you, know, you, you don't think about how big Charlie Haas is. Yeah. Like yeah. Billy Gunn. Um, yeah. You don't realize just how ginormous these people are until you're you're up close and personal with them. And I, I remember Charlie being very wide, uh, broad shouldered, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, built like an amateur wrestler, basically. Shelton was kind of the same way. Shelton is huge. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Both these guys, you know, the, their run at WWE led them, you know, both leaving the company coming in here as a, a cornet decision, I guess. And um, I mean, the there, there are guys who used to be on TV, so of course you're going to want them on your TV. I think that's, sure. that was the logic, and I'm sure that was the selling point. Um, really, to and it, for me, that's probably the. <laughs> to look at that is probably the reason why we put the tag belts on them. At yeah, the, and at, the, at that point, I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, yeah, the, the Kings had had it forever, but. I just, I just didn't. Him. I don't know. Even that, I didn't feel like they were the they were the team to beat them. Yeah, that it was not the necessarily the best of choices, but I feel like featuring name talents on on a new television program, which you would have in in August, um, is something that's kind of a necessity slash plus. I guess depends on the names. Yeah, and. I mean, Charlie was a mid Carter coming off a fairly well, they, simple run. Shelton was was upper mid card, but well, I think they had the same uh, feeling attached to them as people like a Gibson and the Spanky coming out of WWE. The, the people that I, I think a lot of the uh, Ring of Honor type fans thought would have been underutilized and underappreciated on the big stage, so. They're going to get their just due in Ring of Honor and have a chance to showcase, you know, that's that's what I uh, can see people having that um, that feeling on on both Charlie and Shelton. And what's the verdict on that with both Charlie and Shelton? My personal opinion. Yeah, because I think we have the same exact opinion on the subject. Uh, Could have spent the money in better ways. Thank you. I don't think they did anything to draw eyes to the product, and 
feel like a lot of the time the effort was half-assed from Charlie, especially. And the, but then you the match like this, which is where and where I think Charlie actually didn't have a choice but to work his ass off. There was no that uh, you didn't have a choice in your ring with Davy. <laughs> Davy's match, he's calling it, it, and it shows. Charlie is very sweaty and very blown up at various points in this match. But yet the match, that's the one fault I had of this entire match is at no point do I ever feel like it changed gears. I didn't ever feel like there was a, a, a kicking it up a notch or anything. Yeah. And it stayed the same pace the entire time. And just the intensity, the intensity built of like what they were doing. But I never felt as if you went from second gear to fourth gear. There was no up and down to the to the action. It was all it all felt the very uh, similar pace the entire match. Well, and Davy's back is kind of the object of Charlie's attack in this match. And there's a series at the end of the match where they're exchanging strikes and then they exchange German suplexes. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, this entire time Charlie Haas has worked the back and you're German suplexing this massive human being compared to yourself. Like, yeah. Uh, but it really was a fun singles match, like a yeah. good, solid match to put in the middle of a show, keep the crowd into it. Crowd was very into Davey Richards. Um, I personally, I feel like when you're looking at a show like this, where you have all these big matches and you're highlighting Charlie and Davey in a singles match and it is better than expected for the way they work together because they were kind of opposite ends of the equation. That's kind of like a little, you know, bonus for the show. I think they exceeded my expectations, you know, that I would remember going into this show. Oh, definitely. Definitely watch, on the watching Watching it back, I was. But I, I remember thinking that this was a good match. Maybe even to the point that we actually, you may have, did we put it on something? A comp, wrestling's greatest tag team compilation. I don't know because I feel like I, I just without looking at it, I feel like that cut off with them winning the belts. Um, Could be. But if it didn't, I think we may have put actually use this on there i don't i don't recall that wasn't a dvd we had a choice in producing uh, and it was a, a big one disc special then d- did not sell at all um i'm told it sold three copies one for shelton one for jackie gata haas and one for charlie i don't think shelton even wanted one oh, um interesting but <laughs> but yeah this match was um surprising i, I remember liking it then and yeah it's it's still surprising now um i said there's a few things that i find weird the pacing never changing um as far as specific spots they do this whole 20 count spot and the babyface tag team champion seems content to win by count out which just comes off weird but it's not as if he's selling on the count out he's literally just standing there Staring at Davy on the floor, so it just—it's a weird thing. Um, the, the tag team babyface champion is content to win by countdown. Um, it just—and he also has no problem screaming "fuck you" at Davy with double middle fingers and like you're not—you're not Austin. 
That was the that was David, the Coors Light talking. Kevin Kelly even makes a joke at one point about Charlie having a foul mouth and <laughs> commentary. So it's uh, and then the pacing thing, but um, uh, then, yeah, on the whole, this was it's weird because you kind of get to feel, and I remember feeling that night too, like the crowd was not there. But this is one of those matches where I actually, and not just saying it to make up for a dead crowd, that this is one of those matches where the crowd was actually paying attention. There wasn't this dueling chance thing going on. There wasn't wrestling, except I think maybe at the very beginning of the match when they were doing their justifying their uh, establishing their amateur cred. Uh, I felt like this was a match that by the end of it, the fans were engrossed in actually watching. So when the finish finally happened, it was everybody came up and was standing and cheering and clapping. It's it's amazing too because they go eighteen minutes and forty eight seconds at that pace, and I feel like that's where Charlie's amateur wrestling background kicked in, Davy's just freakish cardio kicked in, and they both decided that you know this is how long they have, this is how long they're going to go, and they're going to try and blow people's minds. Um, it would have been nice if Charlie Haas had made that decision to want to blow people's minds more than, you know, a couple of times during his year-plus run in Ring of Honor, but that's what we've got. Um, this the, the other thing with this match that I kind of took away was um, Davey and his control of a match. It was always Davy's match, like his style. He was very opinionated in how he put matches together. And to me, even though Charlie Haas is the veteran, I kind of sat there and watched it and thought, like, I don't think Charlie had one say in this match because Davy was kind of the upper, upper tier guy on the show. Yeah. I wasn't with Davey in Davey's corner anymore at this point, so I have no idea what the, the putting together match was like, but you now I can say from the experiences of being with the Wolves and whatnot, um, there are some times where Davey was laid back and sometimes where it was got to get my shit in. So it's, uh, this, this did to me feel like a match where it was working more of uh, Davey's Aside from the speed factor of this being a slower paced match, this was felt much more like working a uh, a match I would see expect from Davey than a match I would have expected from Charlie. Well, as I said, the finish would come in 18 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, Charlie would uh, put on the House of Pain, or the Haas of Pain, I should say. Uh, Richards would turn that into an ankle lock. Charlie would kick his uh, way free. Davey would nail two enziguris. And he kicks Charlie in the back of the head, getting the pin at 18 minutes and 48 seconds. Um, the kick to the back of the head, very similar to the, um, I guess, the kick that Samoa Joe gave him back at uh, Fifth Year Festival Dayton. No, I would liken this far more to uh, the third kick that Loki never hit <laughs> whenever he would do his kicking combos on people. I mean, I'm not saying like it's stiff, but a similar, you know, 
It's just it's just a kick to the back of the head with a kick pad. Yeah, but it no, it's, I'd say much more. It's that it's the knockout kick. This is what you see Brian do on TV every once in a while. But he it's it's a knockout blow. Yeah, and Davy gets the win here, um, moving him on, and he's. You know, on pace to go face Eddie Edwards, his tag team partner. Or the- is he? Well, yeah, we haven't we haven't had the answer to that yet. But he doesn't want to fight his brother, his wolf, his partner. Despite the fact that multiple times on this show we hear about best in the world, and you know, that's, there's only one place for that to happen. It's New York City, and Davy's the. The best wrestler, quote unquote, in the company right now. So nope, Eddie had the belt. Eddie's the best. Uh, well, speaking of the best, Claudio Castagnoli up next with manager Shane Hagedorn taking on Shelton Benjamin. I changed my clothes for this one from the hero match. I imagine it was probably hot in that building. It was. I do remember it being a sweaty day in good old Chicago Ridge. The front yeah, field house. I just decided to do a wardrobe change. <laughs> Well, I, I guess it's kind of smart because you are separating your clients, trying to give them their own unique flavor. No, I don't know why I did. Probably just to amuse myself. Well, if you've got the clothes, you might as well use it. And usually yeah. it's a double shot, so you have you know, a couple pairs of clothes. Yeah. And uh, we get right into this one. Uh, this is a fun match. Um, I thought this was a lot better than the singles match they had on Raw uh, last year. Or SmackDown, I guess it would have been last year. No recollection. Yeah, it was in... Um, it would have been in, like, September of last year. Sure. 20, 2018. Uh, if you say a singles so. match. And uh, Claudio breaks up a lockup counter. He grabs the ropes while Benjamin tries to go for a waist lock. And we get some exchange of strikes and kicks... Uh, cool little spot where Claudio sidesteps the spin wheel kick from Shelton, and Benjamin would then escape Claudio's head scissors and pop out, and they of course would you know stare down uh, the start of the match. There, a lot of incredible athleticism here, and for you to be ringside for this, you know where does this come off to you in terms of like the freakery of the athleticism involved, Claudio? We talked about how he's an incredible gifted athlete freakishly incredible athlete freakishly strong can do something once and then the second time he's doing it perfectly and Sheldon who just didn't go to the gym ever and still looked like that who would joke and then I don't even lift weights and he still looked like that yeah he's a he's a cardio only guy at the gym he's a he's he's, he's a yeah also a freak of nature as far as his athleticism you know I um I, I as a fan before you know getting into wrestling, he was one of those one of those guys, and both of them actually as, as a team, the wrestling greatest tag team with Kurt Angle. I love the team angle stuff, and um, but Shelton was one of those guys that I always when he was, I guess te- they were teasing him as a tippy top guy with Matt that you now the match with Sean from that famous super kick spring the springboard into the super kick spot and matches you know with all the other top guys and now I had high hopes for him and then they introduced his mom and you know if your mom's on screen it's probably the death knell of your gimmick of your character yeah in the WWE at least 
Well, and Miz, I think was, the other Miz, thing was, Miz, Miz was on Miz was on fire, and then they introduced his dad. <laughs> Miz's dad was awesome, Mister Hero. <laughs> um, but the, you know, the, George uh, owns the local Mister Hero chain in Cleveland now. So I don't know what that is? What's Mister Hero? Su- it's Subway, it's local Subway, basically. It's good. Yeah. They have waffle fries. Two thumbs up. Um, one of the things with this match that caught my eye was you okay. finally had two guys that looked the same size. Yeah. You know, Claudio finally had somebody that was his size to go at. And it wasn't Chris Hero. Um, and Shelton, I think, kind of works up to Claudio's style. Yes. So, I guess, you know, in the middle of the match, both Charlie Haas and Chris Hero come to ringside uh, to represent each of their partners. And we, we talked about Team Angle, World's Greatest Tag Team, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, as they're known here. Um, you know, Charlie was a, a tag team wrestler the bulk of his career. Before Shelton, Charlie had a brother named Russ. Did you ever get to see any of Russ Haas? And Charlie together? No, not even on tape. Fantastic. They were the Steiner brothers with indie wrestling style moves. Gotcha. Uh, their stuff in the ECWA, early Jersey All Pro, uh, incredible, incredible stuff. And uh, of course, uh, Russ passed away in 2000 or. 2001, I think, early 2000s. He had a heart attack and uh, is no longer with us. But Shelton stepped in as kind of the pseudo tag team brother of Charlie Haas, and they've had a great they had a great run together. Um, both amateur backgrounds. Shelton being Minnesota University, where he was the teammate of Brock Lesnar. Charlie went to Seton Hall and wrestled. Um, so their athletic credentials were legitimate and they were great athletes the both of them and in this match you see a lot of shelton benjamin's athleticism involved for example uh, shelton would nip up and punch his way out of a wrist lock Uh, he would then deliver a splash and a ddt he would hit two german suplexes lifting claudio higher than i think he has ever been lifted before by another man (laughs) and then Shelton would head up top. Uh, Claudio would catch him with a European uppercut. That gets a two count. And at this point, the crowd is, is pretty much at a fever pitch. Um, they would uh, have a couple more counters. Benjamin would, would block the Ricola bomb. Uh, he super kicks Claudio, which I, you know, like we talked about earlier with uh, the big boot from Generico. Getting your foot up that high at that angle uh, for yeah. Shelton is incredible. Uh, considering Claudio is like 6'4", 6'5". Claudio hits the Alpamari water slide, getting a two count. A European uppercut comes later. A lariat gets a two count. Benjamin catches Claudio in a triangle choke. Claudio picks him up, puts him in a powerbomb, and Shelton would then belly-to-belly suplex Claudio for the three count, 17 minutes and 21 seconds. Shelton Benjamin out on top. Um... Match was a little bit of a disappointment, but it was never boring. And I think 
it it stayed like you said with with Davy and Charlie. It stayed in the same gear the entire match. Yeah, this one I think I think this one had a little bit more uh, up and down to it, but yeah, on the whole, same. And of course, this is all part of the build to the four team elimination match with the All Night Express, world's greatest tag team, uh, the Kings of Wrestling, the Briscoes at well, Best in World. And it's also it's part of the build to the first TV tapings and the mm-hmm. last Kings of Wrestling match, you know, correct as well. Um, and the Kings and, and the world's greatest tag team would have to be separated. Uh, Post match, avoiding a physical altercation. I'm shocked you didn't somehow weasel your way in and try and get a cheap shot. Yeah, what their finisher was. Yeah, maybe Charlie and Shelton could have un- unplanned, ripped my clothes, and left me in my underwear with my balls falling out like they did in New York. Yeah, that was cool when you ripped my clothes up without ever telling me you're going to do it. Awesome. Not very professional. No, and my balls fell out because I was wearing boxer briefs and not boxers. Or sorry, I was, just, I was I was using wearing regular boxers, not boxer briefs that day. So well, I think Rhett saw my balls. I think he was the first one who noticed my balls falling out. Go back and watch Gore Banner Nine. You might be able to see my balls. Your, your balls. balls are out. Yeah, balls are out. I uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that that was uh, very funny. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere Santa Maria slow mode it. And caught the exact moment when the testicles descended out of my boxers and onto the mat. Well, the, you know, there could be a t-shirt with that one day or at itsadvdproduct.com. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the lesson being, just in case somebody decides to rip your clothes off in, an un, un, in a spot that you're not prepared to happen, always wear tight-fitting underwear. At least I was wearing some. Some people may have had none. Well, I don't know how you transition out of that, but up next. Well, now before you before you get to to what's next, I have a question for you. Yes. What did you think about the fact that it was Charlie and Davy, and not Charlie and Hero, to pair off the two teams that had just fought over the tag belts? I think it was fine. Um, number one, you're getting two unique matchups. Number two, you're able to spread the guys throughout the card. So, you know, Hero goes with Generico. Um, you've got Briscoes and ANX finishing their issue up. You've got a unique athlete freakery battle with Claudio and Benjamin. And Davey and Charlie, that's the leftover, I guess. Um You've done Davy and Generico to death at this point. And those are babyface, babyface. Why so not? It's Charlie and Davy. Babyface, babyface. I can't see. So to say as far as far as, you know, the, the idea of I'm glad with the way the matches ended up. When you think of like a standard wrestling booking, it's the two tag teams that have been feuding are now in singles matches with each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one way to look at it, but I'm I got to go back to the the Haas and Benjamin are baby faces thing. Yeah. I I didn't get the maybe it was just who they were facing. Why Kings were clear? The Kings are clearly heels, and they just beat the heels for the belts. Yes. The but 
in Ring of Honor at this point. I wanted to feud with the Briscoes, and the Briscoes were clearly, well, at that point, I think the fans had turned on this, turned on Haas and Benjamin. I but see, at, I at this point the they won the belts. Area, they won the belts as he as baby faces. So they're they're they, they pretty fresh off. The Kings of Wrestling though were so good that I think even with you by their side, they're getting a baby face yes. reaction. Yes. And I think by this point fans had kind of caught on to the Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin fifty fifty effort. Um as I can go back as far as Atlanta, thinking how how much I hated the, the tag title switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what the next night it was uh, they did non-title with the future with future shock. With future shock. Okay, so I I remember thinking that that was like a half-assed match mm-hmm. for Haas and Benjamin, and being disappointed by, but like being excited to see it, but then getting in result and thinking, eh. That was the I, vibe. I, that was the vibe that I, I that I picked up from fans in general is getting from for most of their stuff was getting excited for it and then being disappointed. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I uh, I also have to, to to think like I don't think Charlie and Hero would have been a very good match. Why not? I just see Hero's style at this point. The 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 as I called him, you know, the the killer hero that we saw in the generico match would have worked with Charlie in a singles match. Charlie would have to sell. Is that what you're saying? I, uh, it would require a lot more selling. I think it's 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 a much more somebody like generico makes hero stuff look a lot better than I think Charlie would have. Agreed. Agreed. I'm and glad I, with the that's why I said I'm glad with the matches we got. I just looking back on on paper, it's interesting that two of the the that half of the equation have have singles matches, and the other two are in their own in completely unrelated bouts. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if you could have gone wrong in either direction, and I'm glad things worked out the way they did. I think yeah. that's the best way to to say. Um, but. I guess to move on the rest of this show, uh, up next we've got Colt Cabana taking on Christopher Daniels, who is with Truth Martini for just a scotch as Truth is sent to the back by Todd Sinclair before the match would even begin. And I'm going to just, before I get into the match with you, let me just say I am not a big fan of the Colt Cabana-Christopher Daniels one-on-one matches. Um, okay. I just think a lot like Daniels in Homicide, that Daniels and Cabana just didn't connect the way you would think it would. Um, I think my opinion is probably not a popular opinion or common, I guess I should say. But... There just was something, I don't know, like something off about this. I had fun with this one. I, I enjoyed it. I really liked the finish. Uh, I think that, yeah, the finish was really the, the highlight uh, for me, other than the right said Fred chant that erupts for Christopher Daniels yes, uh, yes. at the end there. Yeah. 
That was strange. Very strange. Very yeah. Very uh, dated. Dated. I mean, it's uh, it's not 1991, if you will. Okay. Tell me when you're done. Uh, I'm okay. Pause it. Okay. We get a, a run-in from Nathan. Run-in from Nathan. Here, I will be right back. Keep talking about Right Said Fred. All right, well, I don't know what else you could say about Right Said Fred, but as Shane goes to dad duty here, uh, one thing I do want to highlight here is how loud the Chicago crowd is for Colt Cabana. And this is during a time where Cabana is actually working his last Ring of Honor Chicago match for quite some time. Uh he was not with Ring of Honor in August when they came back for the TV tapings. There's a couple of interesting stories with that whole situation that I'm sure we'll get into one day down the line. But Cabana working his final Chicago ROH match uh, for this time period. At least. <laughs> and this is not exactly the most main event of matches. It goes eight minutes, 52 seconds. It's very much Daniels just being a heel, uh, mocking the TV, the TV champion of a company that doesn't have TV at the moment, the greatest TV champion of all TVs. Um, one of the like interesting, I guess, side effects of this match is you get to see a little bit of like the, the TV heel Daniels that was going on in TNA around this time. Uh, he's mocking Cabana a lot. He walks across Cabana's stomach. Uh, he then drops an elbow that gets a two count. Uh, not a ton of comedy from Cabana here. Uh, Cabana sees Daniels get his knees up uh, after you know doing a maneuver, and Cabana would then hit the flying asshole and a running cross body. Uh, that got a two count. Daniels STOs Cabana into the Koji clutch, which was a, a cool spot. Uh, Cabana escapes and hits the flag hip attack for two. And this never really had enough time to go anywhere before Daniels would grab the referee, allowing Michael Elgin, who had come out, to crotch Cabana on the top rope. Carino would attack Michael Elgin. That evens things up. And Cabana would drop Daniel's chest first onto the top rope to get the win. Um, interestingly enough, it was more of a personality-driven match than a, a wrestling-style match. Yeah. And I think that may have been what hurt it for me. Oh, I think that I think that played to strong suits. Um, I don't know. I just I thought it was just there. Uh, it was more of a, a match designed to boost the story. Um. And at that, it was boosting the story of Cabana and Carino's redemption. Like this yep. is essentially a continuation of Carino's redemption arc. Yep, the redemption tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carino's, of course, now feuding with the House of Truth, having finished up the feud with Mike Bennett earlier in the night. Uh, Carino looks for a handshake from Cabana. Code of Honor, 2011, still in existence. Um, and Cabana immediately denies it, walks away, and heads to the back. Carino is taken out by, of all people, Christopher Daniels and Michael Elgin. Daniels tells Carino that he's evil, and there's no way he's going to recover. Mm-hmm. We'll be waiting Ironic. for him. 
ironic that Daniels is talking about being evil, and this is a man that dressed as a priest. Well, and I guess I kind of... As a, as a long-term, you know, Ring of Honor, not that this had anything to do with any of that, but in terms of the larger scope of Ring of Honor, just kind of reconnecting a Daniels and a Carino, mm-hmm. you know, back to the prophecy and group. It was one of the, like... And I think that's one of those one-on-one matches that never happened for a multitude of reasons. Timing, booking, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. But it was always, like... a one that I think people wanted to see and got teased. It was like the second Joe Key match. Yeah, I think the only thing we got was that four-way from uh, Main Event Spectacles. Oh, the, were they both in that four-way, though, at Final mm-hmm. Battle? Dang. Carino, Key. I was thinking more of the uh, Manhattan main, the main, the Main Event Spectacles, Punk, Joe, Carino Daniels. Yep. With the very long intro from Carino where he listed all the titles that he uh, had previously held. Uh, Danielson, Key, Joe, Carino. 45-minute draw. So Christopher yeah. Daniels not in that match. Christopher Daniels so. uh, was busy defending, defending the tag, tag team titles. titles. A two out of three falls match with Donovan Morgan against the SAT. Yes. But this is Can't a wait to watch that. Yeah, that that'll put butts anyway, in seats. I thought this was a fun match. I liked that it progressed the Carino story a little more as well. Um, but yeah, short, sweet, and it was two, the two end big of- matches to come. End of an era, and we didn't even know it. Nope, not not for another couple of months, that's for sure. But up next was the match of the night for me. The Chicago street fight between the All-Night Express, Kenny King and Red Titus, taking on Jay and Mark Briscoe. This was this was crazy. Yeah, yes, it was. Featuring four crazy people. Yeah, yeah, and three three bloody ones by the end of it. Uh yep. yeah. Lots, lots of blood and weapons and weapons before it even starts. I think my highlight was uh, was right throwing a broom <laughs> into the ring at the very beginning. Uh, yeah, this was just this was nuts. This was uh, this whole feud was the like the the coming out party for ANX as a team, and, and I really felt especially for for Rhett. Um, yes, Rhett, I'm putting you over. Um, brother, 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 brother. But I felt, yeah, as far as like being, you know, tough and can hang with the the big dogs, and it it it, it, it they won in they won the ANX won in losing with this match. Absolutely, they were made men after this match, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what this team would go through over the course of the next, you know, couple years. And I guess it'd be what? Until Glory of Honor in 2012 was the end? Uh, I don't remember. The latter match is in September. I think it was Glory of Honor. 
after yeah. you know they're Kenny's last match. Big. You're just guessing. Yeah, well, it was Kenny's last <laughs> match before he left to go back to TNA or to go to TNA. You're just guessing. I don't remember. And uh, like they had a lot of really really fun matches over that time period. Mm-hmm. And when they came back to Ring of Honor in 2015, I think. Um, I don't think they ever got a chance to really show just how good they were together. Um, and I just I think it's one of those things in Ring of Honor history where had they stayed together that entire period of time, would they be in that upper echelon of the Briscoes, the Young Bucks, the Machine Guns, the you know Red Dragon, that tier of tag. I wouldn't put machine guns in there if we're looking at Ring of Honor exclusively. Well, no, I'm, but like in recent years, machine the machine guns were on top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steen and Generico, you throw them in there. Um, I just, I feel like I'm left, you know, missing like a two year period where Kenny's off at TNA, Rhett disappears basically. Um, and the Briscoes continue to dominate the tag division. It's consistently the story on top, the Briscoes, always. And they've had the tag belts 10 times since 2003 when they won them the first time. And this match is a Briscoes style brawl. Oh, um, yeah. With, in yeah, all the best ways. Mm hmm. Early on, you see Kenny and Rhett uh, try and tie Jay Briscoe around the ring post. Around ring post, easy for me to say. Uh, but instead, Mark flies onto them with a tope con Hilo to prevent that from happening. Titus and King are thrown into the barricades multiple times. Uh, Kenny Best would... in the world 2012, by the way. That's when they won the belts. Okay. The, was the last match at Glory Banner for the team? Or they never defended no. That was they never okay. So best in the world. Okay, Kenny King places the metal barricade sheet on top of Mark and moon salts onto him. Red Titus with lawn dart J into the ring post. This is all within the first like ten minutes of the match. Um, yeah. That lawn dart spot was super cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. You know, it's not something you would ever see Jay Briscoe in mm-hmm. taking. So it was cool to see the 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 All Night Express controlling the narrative of the match early on. Giving them credibility as this continues to go on, and as you said, win by losing. Uh, Rhett would uh, go for the super sex factor and get shoved through a table on the floor. That was crazy. Uh, Shoved down by Jay Briscoe. Jay would double stomp a chair onto Kenny King's midsection. Uh, There's a steel chain that comes out. And, of course, becomes a makeshift noose. Around the neck of Kenny King. Well, while Jay yells, let's lynch this motherfucker or something along those lines. And cackles to himself. Yeah, not not the best. Not the the best uh, look. I'm going to just leave the political aspect of that alone and just say that it was a Rhett should have been in the noose if you're going to do that spot. Yeah. 
or hang him upside down. Yeah, well, by his feet. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just there's a, a layer of uncomfortability there. Um, <laughs> Jay would would throw a steel chair at Rhett's head. Um, Rhett is busted wide open by this point, um, just leaking everywhere. Kenny's the only one not bleeding in this match. No, everybody's everybody's bleeding but Kenny. That's what I said. Kenny's the only one not bleeding. Why is Kenny not bleeding? I don't know. That's I don't that's know. my question. I don't know. Because he's bled before, correct? I don't know. I prior to this in Ring of Honor, I don't know. I don't not that I can think of off the top of my head. I know there was an instance uh, down the line, and I think maybe in the ladder match or something, where it just couldn't, <laughs> like for whatever reason, it was not happening. But uh, <laughs> but that, that in specific match, I don't know. Maybe it was well, Kenny's not bleeding in this match, so we'll hang him. I got the, tra- the trade off. He's, he's a heel. We'll hang you with a noose. That's the trade off. You you're not yeah. getting you're not getting color in this match, so we'll hang you. Yikes. Um, there's more table action that comes along uh, as the match goes onward. Mark places Kenny on a table on the floor. Jay climbs a ladder in the ring. Rhett would cut him off with a chair shot. And he throws the chair at Mark. King recovers. <laughs> I laughed. I popped for that. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's crazy. The chair. Just launches <laughs> Uh-huh. Kenny recovers, goes to the top. The NX hit Jay with the blockbuster powerbomb combination off the that's a tr- And that's a tricky one, too, because of the, the timing on that is so such a tricky one. Yeah, yeah and as, as I said, it doesn't tip over. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Paul, Paul Turner was, you know, lending a hand here and there. There are several times where Paul has had to put his hands on a ladder from tipping over. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the those cheap ass aluminum ladders didn't hold up too much. The Sid specials, yes. Uh, the so A and X hit Jay with the, the big combo off the ladder. Mark would break up the pin. Rhett climbs the ladder again, and Mark catches him this time with a super snapmare, uh, which no, was it's, it's iconoclasm kind of. Oh. That is snapper. He grabs his hands, crosses the spot. Mark does all the time. Just usually sit on the top buckle. It's a iconoclasm well, spot. He crosses their hands, grabs them, and pulls them over. Hmm? I couldn't think of the icono- yeah. iconoclasm name. Yeah. Um, King would choke Mark with a, a hose of a fire extinguisher, yeah. which I, all I could think of was all I could think of was I hope we got that fire extinguisher gimmicked. <laughs> Because conveniently, right next to the office in Bristol, we had uh, Asta Brothers, which was where we could literally could just walk right next door and be like, we need a fire extinguisher, but this is what we're using it for. Can what, can, can can you help us out here? And I think that was one of those instances where we just need it for show, not for go. Were, what, what kind of a company was that? Just like a, they made fire extinguishers? Or yeah, stuff like that, yeah. Industrial type manufacturing. No, like the, we went over safety to get fire extinguishers. Yeah, I, I, what else? Aston Brothers did. I have, I have no idea. Fire protection equipment supplier is what they're technically referred to as. But yeah, they're right next to the the old Bristol office, right next to the Worldwide Dojo. Yep. 
right there in Bristol. Well, Mark would deliver a frog, the froggy elbow, the froggy bow, if you will, uh, as they've been calling it on Ring of Honor TV lately. We called uh, that for years. I always just called it a frog. Yeah, we've called frog. it a froggy. We've called it the froggy bow for years. It's not a new thing. Oh. It just never registered. It's You're just a terrible just... fan. My memory. You for know that kind nothing, JSWO. He's dead. Uh, comes off the ladder on the red. Like the what? Game of Thrones, never mind. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid show. Briscoes give... I was fine with it. I'm not. I'm very bitter. The Briscoes would give Rhett the doomsday device. Kenny King throws a chair at Jay and hip tosses Mark and himself to the floor. Jay collapses on top of Rhett for the pin. 19 minutes and 29 seconds. And in the pinfall, Rhett kicks out at three. Just a little after. I liked that. It shows the fight was still there. Yeah. But the body was not going to continue. Yep. yep. And I like it. I love this match. Um, I wrote that it was all the heart and violence you would have liked. And it solidified Kenny and Rhett. I enjoyed everything between these two teams at, at this point. You know, I, I haven't seen much of their stuff, you know, 2015, 16, whatever stuff. But like this time for the stuff from Atlanta, this, the TV taping, the ladder match, like it was all it's I, I enjoyed this entire rivalry. They they had this great chemistry with the Briscoes. And I don't know what it was with that but i've seen singles matches with kenny and the briscoes individually and enjoyed it and i kind of wish rhett would get that opportunity to have some of those extended singles matches i feel like didn't we split them up into the singles pairings in july with the two carolina shows i don't remember possibly but i don't know Give us an excuse to cover those Carolina shows just to find out, (laughs) so I can figure out if we did or not. Guys, I think we can all agree. We always want to look and feel our best, and a big part of that is taking care of our skin. I know it's not something guys like to talk about a lot, because let's be honest, we don't really know a lot about skincare. The products are complicated and confusing when you do try to go down the men's skincare aisle, and also, they're freaking expensive. That's where T. Shanley comes in. Tiege Hanley is a skincare company founded by regular guys for regular guys to make it simple and easy. Get the skincare products you need shipped directly to you every month for as low as 25 bucks a month. Plus, if you're in the USA, free shipping. And no matter what your skincare situation is, they've got a box for it. Just need a basic skincare box? Well, they've got that. Got some crow's feet going on, some dark circles under the eyes? They got a box for that. Even if you have severe acne, they have a box for that. Check out all of their products to help out regular guys like you and me at Tiege.com. That's T-I-E-G-E. Tiege.com to get the men's skincare products you need. Simple, easy, uncomplicated. Tiege.com. T-I-E-G-E. And use the promo code HONORABLEMAY for 20% off of your first box. So you can't go wrong. It's Tiege.com. T-I-E-G-E dot com slash Honorable May. 
for 20% off of your first box. Tiege Hanley, skincare for men. Simple, uncomplicated. Well, what's the what month of the year do we really pick like four really crappy shows? What is a good generico and Roddy cage match in there? That's true. I don't remember what else at all. The, the, I remember the promos, like you talking about filming a promo with Roddy that lasted. That, that was the that was the day that I filmed the promo that took half my life. Yeah, was it, that that show. But this this match establishes the All Night Express as being a main event Ring of Honor tag team, putting them in with the Briscoes, the Kings of Wrestling, the world's greatest tag team. Wrestling's greatest tag team, whatever they're called, headed into best in the world in New York City. Tag titles on the line in the four-way. And, man, I I think this was maybe not as good as the latter war, but definitely the one of the like three best tag matches the All Knights had in Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, I forgot they had the first blood match, too. Another one. Damn, lots of good stuff. Yeah. An underrated run, underappreciated, and I don't think either of us are saying any of this because Red is our friend, but I I will put over this tag team as like being this happy accident where you know Red kind of doesn't really have anything to do. He gets put with the YRR. Sal's stop being booked. Kenny and Red are a tag team. It's not really clicking early on, and then something yeah. happened, and magic was made. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a, it's a. I mean, in some ways, it's a thanks to Aries too for bringing them in and Absolutely. kind of forming that little group with them. And you now, when Aries got fired in September of 2010, it's like they were together, and now it was just the two of them. And all right, let's go, Sue. And they uh, they would have a, a pretty fun promo later on in the, the show we'll talk about after we get to the main event. But before we get to our main event, where the Ring of Honor title is on the line, it is time to pay the bills. Our main event tonight, the Ring of Honor world title on the line, Eddie Edwards, Roderick Strong. This one checks all the boxes. Indeed, indeed, it was uh, man, and 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 very different from the Manhattan Mayhem four match as well. Yeah, I, I think it was different, but it was different in a way that it didn't take away from anything. Yeah, you still had that genuine, like these two guys who are really good friends in in real life are going to beat the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. Just to different body parts. I mean, they, had, they you know, figured they were, they had teamed together in Noah. They had the, I can't remember if the, the dojo, dojo bro stuff was before this or after this, but it's, uh, you know, they, they do have a strong history together and it, it paid off with this. Not only that, I mean, you, you basically have them switching their roles from Manhattan Mayhem four where Roddy is now this bad guy underdog which sounds like two contradictory terms but that's very much what he was here I mean he's the 
the challenger. So when I think Eddie in the 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 couple months, you know, figured it's only been three months, not even three months, two months since Eddie won the belt, but he's already defended against Daniels, defended against Hero, uh, went through that second tag match with the Kings and the Wolves. Um, I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, oh, didn't they have a match Kevin? with Wrestling Greatest Tag Team? Kevin wasn't back yet. Uh, God, I don't remember what the other match was, but regardless, I don't know. Like he's he's gone through it in his in his very short stint as champion already. So, um, this was uh, yeah. I mean, this was this was hot. I don't know what else, how else to describe this. It was hot. Yeah, and you know you've got Truth Martini here with Roderick Strong as well, and he, unlike the very you know first match that Eddie and Roddy had, Truth is immediately involved within the first couple of minutes. Yeah, uh, as he's kind putting of, the, the boots to Eddie Edwards on the floor. It is one of those illogical things. Of why did he get booted the first time? But this time he's allowed to stick around. Yeah, it's the one like negative column mark. Here, mm-hmm. um, I greatly enjoyed the, you know, Achilles lock attempts that Eddie Edwards kept going for, uh, and Roddy is continuing to break it because he knows what his, I guess, you know, Achilles heel for lack of a better term is. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's Eddie's, you know, one of his signature finishes. Um, the the chops and forearms in this match are absolutely brutal. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting to go back and and watch just how hard these guys hit each other. If for nothing else, to to like look at their chests when this match is done, <laughs> it well, looks I mean, it's hamburger meat. A couple months before, you watched uh, Roddy's chest get split open. So yeah, I mean and and. Eddie is not exactly the most tan guy in the room. He's a mm-hmm. little darker here than, say, like Brian Danielson was during his career, but not much. And we've seen what Roddy could do to Brian Danielson's chest. And he's doing it to Eddie here. Um, just violent, brutal, uh, professional wrestling. Is, is the best way to describe this match. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't do anything that's super crazy, you know, in terms of like high spots or bumps, but everything hits, everything connects. There's nothing blown. There's no errors in, in, you know, move attempts. Um, everything kind of looked like they just had their match and didn't think. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause there's all those. There's some of the times that I, when I watch Roddy, I feel like I'm watching him think. You see the wheels turning in a his little, head. a little. Nowhere near. In 2005, it was always super kick, bro. But by, by 2011, Move, it was uh, by 2011. You know, Roddy had had developed into a, a hell of a talent. Um, yeah, a good hand. You know, I, I think th- like the Arn Anderson type where. You know, maybe he's not quite the centerpiece yet, but but he had been the centerpiece. He had been, and he's not in this op- in this 
situation, he's kind of the number two man. Yeah. Well, no. Because <laughs> the House of Truth had kind of turned into the Michael Elgin show. My, it, it, not yet. I don't feel like it had yet. It's, I, it certainly felt like it. Mm. And you've got Daniels there. Because Rod, Roddy, Roddy had been made. Roddy was made. Daniels was made. So, I mean, I guess in that regards, you could say, yeah. you know, now it was time to make Elgin. The focus was shifted over to Elgin and his, you know, rise to the top of the company. Mm. I suppose. Slowly but surely. I mean, yeah. he, he was having longer and more consistent matches. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of forecasted Roddy leaving around this time. Um, whether it be to TNA really? or to, to developmental, yeah, really, I was the one guy that I never thought would leave. Honestly, well, see, I was of the opinion he was never going to leave. Yeah, and then I, 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 I t- until the day that he had signed, I saw him like I see Jay and Mark. And that, I, that's that's how I always saw Roddy. I felt like any time TNA had kind of an uptick he would have been the first guy that they went after, but he would say no. Yeah. And it was around this time, maybe even a little before where it was like, he loses title matches at title matches. Maybe he does need to move on and get a, a kind of a hiatus for a little while and come back and mean something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never did. He was loyal as long as he could have been. And obviously he's now in NXT and, Eddie Edwards is the one kind of in Siberia. Yeah, I as as Lagana said when we interviewed him, someday he'll get Eddie back in his life. His God, life. I hope so. Holy crap! Like I, I forgot he was in TNA, <laughs> and I, I freely admit to not watching TNA Impact or. Yeah, TNA. No, Impact. Just Impact Wrestling, yeah. No more TNA. No. I, I freely admit to not having any idea what goes on there and watching it at all, but I did see a picture the other day of Eddie in the ring with Tommy Dreamer, and they each had Singapore canes, and it was clearly in the Impact Arena with the six-sided ring, and I was like trying to place the promotion that it was. Yeah. And then it occurred to me, oh, Blue Ropes, TNA, Impact, whatever it's called. Tommy Dreamer works there, too? Jesus. This guy has turned into a pro wrestling whore. He's everywhere. Uh, MLW, TNA, Impact, Freudian Slip, Impact, MLW. He did AEW, uh, you know, at All In. He's been... Uh, you know, doing House of Hardcore. He's he's everywhere. Did he, he even did Ring, Ring of Honor. Honor. He did Ring of yeah. Honor. Yeah. The final battle. Final battle last year. One of, those, one, one of those. One of those. Okay. Shows. I just know it was, I just know it was Man, the Sandman show. Yeah. Sandman was around. Yow. Yow. Singapore yeah. can't, bro. But that's not this match at no. all. This, 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 this is, this is, I feel like we took a, a Noah Jr. heavyweight match and transported it into Ring of Honor. Where it becomes a main event, yeah, and that's not a bad thing. Stuck, no, 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 no. It's hard hitting. 
I guess the only reason I even say junior heavyweight is because these are two junior heavyweights. Um, this in, this this is no diff. This is no different than what you would see. It is it, it kind of is like a hybrid of of the, the junior style with the heavyweight style of of Japanese pro wrestling to me. When you watch these two guys, this is two wrestlers that you could take and put in any era of Ring of Honor as the main event and not realize it's 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, so on and so forth. The way they were at this point in time, Roddy and Eddie, they fit as main event wrestlers in Ring of Honor any time of the promotion's history. And that's the mark of a a true main event caliber match when you can take each guy and just drop them like they're a pin on a map. And Eddie was so good. Like, Eddie was just so good. He was, he's great in the ring. And, he, and you say that like it's in the past, but I would think to this day he hasn't. You know, I said he, it, yeah, he is so good. Yes. He's, he's one of those guys that he looks the part, he wrestles the part. But he, had, he grew into it. Yeah, because I, yeah, I remember he, he him wasn't, with dreads. And, yeah. He, he wasn't born into Ring of Honor a, a top guy. You know, no. he was under nothing tag team matches. So he's, me and BJ is the Hangman 3 were wrestling him and Bobby Fish on a show. Uh, you know, just... And he grew and developed and got better and better and better and truly earned the fans respect truly earned that that championship like to, to earned the right to be a champion and yes you know you go, some go back to the idea of uh, just it's a prop it's a storyline thing whatever 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 but you know you just ring of honor i think it for them prided itself no matter who was in charge of putting it on somebody that they felt there's a deserved um, it with and there's something that I think for Ring of Honor champions, specifically Ring of Honor champions, that the belt gives a wrestler credibility, and then that wrestler, in turn, has to continually build the credibility of the belt. Yeah. And you don't see that everywhere. No, because even look, looking at the history of Ring of Honor, I'm just going to go up to the point of Eddie here, not anything current, just up to the point of Eddie. Can you do it off the top of your head? Huh? Oh, Loki, Xavier, Joe, that we're talking about doing yeah. the history? Oh, yeah. yeah. Loki, obviously, did, this would help establish the company had, you know, if you believe the the hype job of, you know, the six five-star matches in a row on the first six shows, sort of the hype and he came in, he started the company as the top guy. The work the rate belt. king. Yes. Xavier winning the belt was a, to, to me was a storyline point, but then Xavier went out there and had matches that are a hell of a lot better than people give him credit for. With AJ, with Paul London, with Jay Briscoe. He earned... Three-way. He, he may have started in a shitty position as the champion, but he earned, in my opinion... Um, he earned that, and he you made know? you boo him. Yes, in in in, in a promotion where even in the early days, no one was really getting booed. It was all thank you. 
Uh, Joe, enough said. Yep. Aries in that first run. Right time, perfect time to st- st- shut up. I see the look on your face. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually I'm looking down at my phone. Okay. Uh, perfect time cool. to strap the rocket to him after mm-hmm. Joe had just gone through all the wars with Punk, and Aries had been. Again, he wasn't. He didn't come in as a top. He came in in a high profile position as the second and Gen next to to Shelley, but he worked his way up there with matches against Punk, against Key, tag matches with Roddy, like and you know, for, yeah, obviously from Aries to Punk, and Punk had more than well established himself. Gibson established. Brian, a nobody. <laughs> he, he's gig- I could like say hear you say that, and then I just picture him giggling in the back of my head. Nigel, yeah, obviously established homicide before that. Morshima, and Morshima came in as a top. His first match was against Samoa Joe. He was a monster. Homicide had earned it. Nigel earned it. Uh, Jerry Lynn earned it. Tyler might have been might have been a year to a year later than it than it than it than fans were looking for it to happen and story was looking for it to happen. But he still had proven himself capable of being a champion by that. We we skipped Aries' second run. Never happened. Roddy had um, more than earned it by that point. Same Eddie. with Eddie. I, I, to me, every champion is low key being the. I mean, Xavier being the exception of what came before, but what he did as champion once the belt was on him. Yep. And I think like that's that, and, and Eddie from the day it was it was a constant upward progression. There was a reason why he was the first Triple Crown champion. A reason why he was the first TV champ and why he was the guy to trend to, to beat Roddy in that spot and why it was such a big deal to keep it so um, hush hush for Would that you... genuine emotional reaction when it happened. So, like, man, watching this back just made me happy all over again for Eddie, just like I did when we did Manhattan Mayhem 4 in the archives. Would you agree that? Uh, Eddie Edwards, where he was at this point prior to winning the belt, that that is one story arc all three Ring of Honor bookers would have signed off on. I think so. Yeah. Because that moment is each, in New York each, City, they, each they don't play a part in it. Each belt and each belt was one under a different booker. Yep. Gabe gave him the tag belts. Pierce gave him the TV title, and uh, Hunter gave him the world title. Yeah, it's an incredible, mm-hmm. you know, sign of like earning your break. Yeah, making your break. Yeah, and Eddie Edwards, I think, is one of those people that, because he works for Impact and is not seen by more than one hundred and fifty thousand people a week, and that might even be a lot. Um, his career trajectory is kind of lost and 
I mean, here it's 2011 and his Ring of Honor business is so down that maybe it's kind of a forgotten period or not a dark period because I still think there were a lot of eyes on Ring of Honor as the work rate promotion. But it's very... It was the start of kind of this... You know, Adam is gone. Delirious is now booking. You're kind of changing the roster over to a little bit. Shifting into the Sinclair era. Sinclair's taking over ownership, as we talked about before. And there's new managers, new new faces everywhere. And maybe this is one of those hidden gems that we always talk about. I think all of his title matches are. I, I think that's may, fair. There may only there may only be four of them, but the the his his title defenses are all very very solid. From him winning the belt, the Daniels match, the Hero match, this match, all top shelf matches. Yep, and I think the match with Davy at Best in the World that we'll talk about here shortly. Um, I think that lived up to the hype. It's the wrong was, call. It was given a tremendous amount of hype, and yes, it was the wrong call. I thought that then, <laughs> and, and I, I still think, think it now. Yep. Um, a tremendous swing and miss. Yep. Uh, but these two guys have a hell of a match. They go 23 minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, Roddy would kick Eddie in the head. He gives him a second Tiger Driver on the floor, and Strong puts him back in the ring only to get a two count. Uh, which gets a big pop from the crowd thinking that Eddie's making his big comeback here. And Strong would hit two low super kicks, which weren't really super kicks. They were just kicks to the side of the head. Edwards ducks the third, as we all know. Don't hit your move three times. Do it twice and move on. And Strong gets rolled into the Achilles lock. Wallace, Eddie is kicking him in the head, and Roddy taps out. Great finish. Same awesome finish as the hero finish. match. Great finish. Brutal looking, very similar to Brian. I would have loved to have seen Eddie and Brian for the title at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because like their one singles match they had was so great. Yeah. That a longer, extensive program probably would have been the, the cat's pajamas, uh, if you will. Cat's pajamas. Good lord. The bee's knees. Now, stealing Johnny Gargano, leg slapomania nicknames, can I say? Um, but they they tease that finish uh, throughout the the portion of the match. Each guy was trying each other's finisher, and this was awesome. It the crowd didn't compare to New York, but I don't think it possibly could have. No, I, I think. Not. Uh, the storytelling and the in-ring work here is as great as you could have possibly expected it. And unfortunately, Eddie did not have time to celebrate his tremendous win as the House of Truth would immediately attack him post-match, only to be saved by American Wolves tag team partner Davey Richards, who would run out with a steel chair in hand. And Edwards grabs the microphone and says, even though he's the ROH world champion, I would do this in a Boston accent, but I can't do that. Other than park the car. Um, he, he says, even though he's the Ring of Honor champion, 
and the first ever Triple Crown champion in Ring of Honor. He constantly feels like he has to prove himself, which is the story of his title run. It is him constantly having to prove himself in different areas and win over the fans because everybody had Davy as the chosen one for whatever reason. Uh, can you provide any insight into that? Like, what yeah, was the, the what was the, the driving force there? I mean, I, part of it, Davy's good. There's no argument yeah. about that. Um, the I, I think some of it came uh, because of his style, the UFC popularity hybrid that into pro wrestling and then you just that felt like once he got the belt we just turned deep into that we also you know it's been an accurate statement in the past of Davey having his balls cut off once he won the belt <laughs> not being Davey uh, and becoming the, the kind of a generic baby facey uh, but just it's it was tapped to be the champion and nothing was going to ch- change that is is how is how I look at it now. It's, it didn't, you know, he was he was dubbed he would be the champion, and nothing was going to change that. And uh, wrong, wrong, it's a discussion for when we cover best in the world. Just suffice it to say, I think it was the bad call. One of the biggest swings and misses in the history of Ring of Honor, in my opinion. Yeah, and probably the first sign that I saw where, you know, in my personal life i give everybody three three strikes uh shame on me shame on you you're out and uh to me this decision to put davy over eddie at best in the world was strike number one in the delirious booking regime and man i i got the eye pay-per-view and i was pissed Hmm. um and it worked for me i didn't have any interruptions so shout out to Go fight live on that one. Yeah, go nice. f- go fight your plugs in the walls. Um, to, you know, if you trip over them, uh, Eddie believes he's never going to be able to prove that he's a true champion until he beats Davy himself. Richards has refused to accept the title match all along with Eddie, and Eddie threatens to quit the company if Davy won't accept the challenge. So, with that ultimate, which I think is a good twist on not getting the match with Davey. I, I like the idea of, I'll quit if you won't fight me. Um, really? I liked it. I did. I it, was, it. it was unique. Not a fan. Because if it, let's, so Eddie's the champion. He should have all the, the matches that he wants. He's yeah. call, calling everybody out. So they're not going to give him what he wants. He's out. He'll go, go be champion somewhere else. So Davey, that, that sounds like whiny, whiny shit to me. And that's not who Eddie was. I, I disagree. So with I just dis, I didn't like it. I, I will disagree with that statement. I feel like it's just saying I want everybody. I want to fight everybody and beat everybody and prove why I'm the best. And yeah, why but he wasn't saying that to Ring of Honor management. We'll go with that. He wasn't telling Jim Cornette, give me Davey or I'll quit, which straight up sounds like a heel. Give me what I want or I quit. That's not that's not Eddie Edwards character how I saw it at this point. It was never his character of how I saw no. it. Give me what I want or I quit. And that's what I, I, I just I like the idea of making it such a 
important match for him and a self-proving, you know, match that he's willing to give it all up if he can't get what he get that chance. Yeah. You know, he, he's betting on himself. He's showing the ultimate confidence by having to beat Davey. And obviously, we've talked about how that's going to go. But uh, Davey accepts the challenge, and they shake hands to close the show. And we head to the back, where we see Roderick Strong ending the DVD portion of the show, shaking his head, saying, never again. And that's in reference to his failure to win the ROH world title here. Um, of course, we know Roddy has had... Uh, a litany of title shots in his career and would have several more to come. None yielding success. This is this would have been his 14th loss. His, 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 15th ti- his 15th title match is 14th loss, I guess. No, one for 15. That's a hell of a batting average. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so the bonuses on this DVD uh, are rather lengthy. So I'll kind of keep it to a simplistic summary of what we would see. Uh, The May 26th video wire uh, shows the House of Truth attack at the end of Supercard of Honor 6. And Davey, of course, says, be careful what you wish for and accepts Eddie Edwards' challenge. We see a House of Truth promo. Uh, Basically, it's Truth berating all three of his men, Elgin, Strong, and Daniels, all for losing uh, earlier in the night, saying that their losses make him a loser since he represents them. And he wants to end Carino and uh, get him out of ROH. He assigns Elgin the new mission of destroying Steve Carino. Uh, Christopher Daniels is told not to lose anymore. And Daniels is in some sort of like mental coma here. He's repeating, I'm a star over and over again. It was very odd. Uh, not very good. And Roderick is yelled at for his loss to Eddie Edwards. Uh, And Truth tells Roddy that maybe he should go overseas for a while. Of course, around this time, Roderick Strong would uh, have an excursion over to pro wrestling Noah. And Truth would end this by saying, so saith the house, which I thought was a great closing line. Um, I guess Daniels was, he's a TV star. And an impact. That's why he was just they're saying I'm a star. But he's like staring off into the ceiling and like it was just awkward. He's losing like he's his in, shit. Yeah. Well, I guess if I worked for TNA at this time, I'd be losing my mind too. <laughs> Up next, we see Ernesto Osiris, friend of show and former guest, available in the archives. His entire interview. Uh, texting in a photo shoot as R.D. Evans marches into the camera. R.D. would yell at him, saying there's no texting with the neck brace on. Uh, Evans says that he's building a case against homicide. He wants homicide to pay for scrambling his brains with a chair and hitting Ernie with a cop killer. R.D. is fantastic here. Um, he, he wonders out loud how a court of law would... Uh, process the thought of a wrestling maneuver about murdering police. His delivery is impeccable. Yeah, yeah. To us, everybody should go watch the um, his, his, his little videos he's been doing since he got fired. Good he stuff. quit. He's the quit man. The quit man, yep. Um, 
I, I can't wait to see him in Orange Cassidy whenever it happens. I don't know when or where, but it's got all the buys in the world written all over it. We see a Bloody Briscoes drinking Coors Light. That's the second Coors Light of the show for those counting at home. And uh, they keep saying three and one in Chicago street fights. They want Haas and Benjamin. And uh, they swear a couple times. And that's the end of that promo. Not exactly uh, the the uh, art of war from the Briscoes. But nevertheless, it was a very Briscoes promo. Yes. Although I, I lose a little bit of respect for the Coors Light. Shame on you guys. Uh, Steve Carino promo. This is uh, highlights of him introducing Jimmy Jacobs and Mike Bennett cutting him off. Uh, Jacobs would cut a babyface promo, which we saw during the event itself. And we see him booted from the building and Mike Bennett getting the win. More recap. Uh, we see Colt celebrating his win over Christopher Daniels in The Truth. Um, we see clips of him ignoring the handshake from Steve Carino. And then Steve getting beat down. Uh this all leads into new footage of Steve Carino backstage grabbing his gear. He's got a really, like, really old gateway computers. <laughs> the yes. box. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm referring to? Yeah. Carino's luggage is a gateway computer box that looks like a cow. Well, this is merch, maybe. No, I mean, it was... Can they get some merch in there? No, this is gear bag. Like, I uh, know. Very clearly, but it was... <clears throat> Rather wild, yes. I would say. Um, probably very Steve Carino-esque, since I saw him wearing a pink suit jacket. Yeah, his son picked it out. Yes, Colby picked it out. Very stylish, Steve. No, not Colby. Did you not read it? Oh, Beckham? Five-year-old, yes. I forgot there's another one in the, the Carino family tree. Uh, young Beckham, who is five. My God. Seems like just yesterday. Uh, but Steve is backstage, he grabs his gear and just says, I tried, and walks out. Jimmy Jacobs meets him and reassures him, it will all take time and that everything is okay. Ending the May 26th video wire. The June 9th video wire. We open with a clip of Generico beating Christopher Daniels. Daniels is, of course, with Truth Martini, announcing that you'll get to see Daniels on two television networks. He claims that one network cannot hold the greatness that is Christopher Daniels. It's <laughs> a good, good line. The best line of the whole promo is that Christopher Daniels says, I'm bringing the TV title to Mr. and Mrs. Average Viewer. <laughs> and I got a good chuckle out of that. He calls out Cabana, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and says up first, at best in the world, he's got El Generico. And that's not the gospel. No, no, no. Now that's the truth. And of course, both do kind of an evil laugh <laughs> on the way. Yes, exactly. On the way out. Mike Bennett calls out Jay Lethal and is excited to fight him at best in the world. Everybody doesn't want to wrestle anybody. They want to fight. Yeah. That's the, the theme here. Uh, so they're going to fight at best in the world. He's stoked enough that he ran to Brutal Bob to tell him. That was the first person he let know that he was getting to wrestle Jay Lethal at, at Best in the World. He calls himself ROH's best sports entertainer. Isn't that just wrestling? No. I, I, nope. I don't like this differentiation. It's the no, same thing. Differ- differentiating, it's, you know, it's a sort of a rallying cries that you can use 
to say we are different. We are wrestling, not sports entertainment. Cheap heat. Yeah, yeah. ECW built an entire fucking brand on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. Cheap heat. In New York City, his next imitation, referring to Jay Lethal as Black Pachismo, his next imitation better be that of the prodigy, he tells Jay Lethal, and that's the end of that promo. Up next, we get a very, 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 very long Bravados promo. And they're in a gazebo. Did you shoot this one? No, no. No. They, uh... I think they they filmed it themselves, I'm pretty sure. I don't know who was holding the camera, but uh, we've got... Harlem doing all the talking here is he says that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were put in danger. Uh, the, the bravados were put in danger, uh, courtesy of O'Reilly and Cole, and they were done dirty by ROH officials. They, the ROH officials have lost the respect of Grandma Bravado, the fans, the locker room, and themselves for the horrors and atrocities that they went through. Lancelot's concussion is so bad. He's got, of course, a wrap around his head. He's got his head tilted to the side. Uh, They've received cards and letters about wanting to know when the bravados will return. And Lancelot, or Harlem, quotes Grandma Bravado and says, you can't try and stop a leader. Uh, But Adam Cole and Kyle can't stop a revolution. And Lancelot says that in Chicago was one of the worst nights of his life. He calls Future Shock out for putting his life and career at risk. Harlem is crying. Uh, they won't take it lying down, and they want a oh, grudge yeah. rematch. Yeah, I forgot that he. Yeah, that's that's a little legit. Really? I think the concussion thing was actually re- like, yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> oh wow! I think that I think he actually did get. He, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of forgot. But I yeah, thought this it, was just natural story progression. Because, no, I, I think there was an actual concussion in there. Wow. Jesus. Well, that definitely makes this, you know, more purposeful. I love yeah. the, the Grandma Bravado character. Um, I know I different once points. A, I think once upon a time, a certain, uh, I don't know if it was ever pitched to, to, to the booker, but I think at one point some, a certain, um, uh, student of Hunter's pitched the idea of her being Grandma Bravado. And ironically, Grandma Bravado was like their grandfather married like a, a, a younger woman. So Veda Scott would have been Grandma Bravado. <laughs> Before there was a Veda Scott, I feel like that was something, an idea that is that she threw out there in one of our travels. I don't think that's a terrible idea. No, it's not a terrible idea at all. But um, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot about that. Probably a curse on the bravados to have that. But wow. nevertheless, um, I, I would always thought the idea, and I don't know what her her situation was life wise at this point, but having Sunny as Grandma Bravado, I say I don't think you can use an existing personality in a situation like that. You know. Kind of like the way I felt about like Sister Abigail. You couldn't bring in somebody to be Sister Abigail if they were an established character. Right. Like the wrestling. Nikki Cross as Sister Abigail thing was... If she had never... She could have been if she had never been right. on TV before. Yeah. 
Right, but I, I don't know. I just thought the idea of making it like sunny and as like a hot old lady. Yeah. Like a MILF MILF type uh as the grandma would have been been a good thing. I think it would have gotten a ton of heat. I'm sure she was probably on probation for something at that point. Or yeah, or in jail. Who or knows? In jail. Yeah. Um but I, I don't remember who suggested that as an idea, but I remember that being like a a fan discussion point. Oh, we should, you know, they should make it sunny. Because she was around on a couple of shows at this point. Um, or shortly after this. Huh? Sunny. She was around way before this. It was a, a final battle that she was at. Like headed into WrestleMania in Florida, like Orlando. And then I think she popped back up at that Florida WrestleMania. Yeah, which would have been just the like year after four years before this. No, 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 no. There was Orlando f- WrestleMania. Yeah. And then when Ring of Honor ran in Fort Lauderdale at the. Uh, well, I wasn't, or, I, I wasn't on the road become become that. And my yeah, level you of were, attention paying when I when I wasn't on the road anymore, my level of paying attention to anything was. Yeah, it was, the, of, it uh, was the, the weekend that Cornette tripped over the wire and pulled out the <laughs> Yeah, I don't go know. Live. No idea. Yeah. Either way, uh, very long promo. I mean, it's like five minutes. It was just too much. Um, Haas and Benjamin announced that the four-way in New York City will be official, and they will make the wrestling tag team gods take notice. Um, they will take on the Kings of Wrestling, the All Night Express, and the Briscoes in New York City. And Shelton Benjamin emphasizes all of Charlie's talking by saying, they're the world's greatest. The All Night Express gets some promo time. Kenny starts talking about Generation Next. Rhett mentions the Age of the Fall. Kenny mentions the Prophecy. And they say that none of the teams have faced a challenge like they're going to be facing in New York City. They say they're wrestlers and someone will lose a tooth and get their wigs split. Kenny pretty much does the bulk of the talking until Rhett chimes in with live on iPay-Per-View. The ANX losing streak is done. They have everything to gain as they come through with the All Night Express train. So, a very smooth promo here from the All Nights. Davy and Eddie hugging back in New York City. We fast forward. Eddie says he's not the little brother anymore. Eddie's the champion. He needs no help. And Davy says he'll give him closure, and they say they will fight at best in the world. Eddie says that he needs... To be himself and that beating Davey will allow him to believe in himself like never before. And he'll see Davey in New York City at best in the world. And that wraps the video wire for June 9th. We then get more bonus content. Because this show has not gone on long enough. <laughs> a series of promos about nine minutes worth of various Carino, Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs conversations. Just the, yeah, fleshing out the story. Yep. Um, the final uh, of these vignettes, there's four of them. Um, Karina rants about the numbers game and how the odds are stacked against them. There's four members of the House of Truth, and obviously Jimmy and Steve combined to make two. They're outnumbered. Karina says it's unfair. Jacob says we cannot take a mile if they give us an inch, which I thought was a great line. Carino references some someone who is also ready to redeem himself and that he's needed. 
and then says the name Kevin Steen. That's the payoff. Uh, ROH officials uh, have continued the Kevin Steen ban in New York City, uh, which Jacobs is reading a letter from the ROH officials. Uh, He says he only left six months ago, which is kind of a funny tongue-in-cheek line. Jacobs tries to calm an angry Steve Carino down, who admits to a shocked Jimmy Jacobs, I already bought his plane ticket. Hmm. And just kind of winks at the camera. Uh, so the, the fourth one was, was great. It was the, the rest of, Yeah, the rest of it. Um, I feel like this is just like YouTube content. Yeah, they didn't run. It the wasn't website. like one, it wasn't one long video. Yeah. It was you know, multiple segments, so... so. Yep, stuff that appeared on the website, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks. Yeah. Last but not least, the Embassy rebounds. The title of this series of promos, we see Homicide hitting the cop killer on Ernie Osiris, as RD talked about earlier. Uh, RD says that the bar- the barbarianism of the homicide, that is a direct quote, is an atrocity. Evans continues to say he's not an executioner, but he sentences Homicide to meet the bodyguard of the embassy in New York City. And we would find out who that was in New York. Uh, Prince Nana says that he's been thinking long and hard about what Homicide has done. He's known him a long time, huh? Homicide doesn't know who he's dealing with, huh? Nana mentions that he's putting an end to it in June in New York City. And Homicide is getting his biggest, baddest bodyguard uh, to... Uh, go up against him. Anana says that he's getting uh, to go against Homicide. Artie Evans won't be there that day. Neither will Princess Mia. And Nana says he's bringing an end to Homicide with Rhino. Oh, that's right. I was the industry. I couldn't remember. I'm like, who was it? Who was it? I don't remember. Honest, honestly, the whole time I'm watching this, I had no idea. It was right. Yeah, I couldn't remember. So that wraps up Supercard of Honor. Six in what may be our longest show ever. Who knows? No, no, it's not. This is not six hours. Feels like it, though. My God. Uh, We want to remind everyone to support the show via patreon.com backslash honorable pod. Get the shows early, ad free. Shows on video at the $12 tier, exclusive watch alongs, plenty of bonus content, which we just spent a lot of time filming. And, uh, all of that gets you a free DVD if you're a part of the $12 tier every month from my personal collection, your choice, by a Dropbox for all customers, unless you request it by a mail from the 48 contiguous United States. You also get a discount code to itsadvdproduct.com. And there are t-shirts, hats, hoodies, stickers, backpacks, tracksuits, and much, much more over at itsadvdproduct.com. Email us at an honorable mention at gmail.com if you would like to advertise on this very show. Color and Elbow sponsors us, promo code AHM, 10% off your order, and a little bit of your order gets kicked back to us. We are brought to you by the Creative Control Network. Be sure to follow the head of the Creative Control Network, Mr. Joe Feeney. He's on Twitter at JFF, haha, double E, haha, N E Y, 3 R D, and at the CC Network 1 on Twitter for all the latest news and notes of the Creative Control Network. Be sure to follow our scientist of sound, our astronaut of audio, our purveyor of production, the base master general, the technician of trouble, the best broadcast machine, the award-winning autocrat of advertisement, 
Mr. Zach Johnson. He's on Twitter and Instagram at RadioZT as he delivers us the best intro every week and the best outro that you're about to hear and make sure we sound cooler than the other side of the pillow. This week's episode of An Honorable Mention is presented by It'sADVDProduct.com, your exclusive home for merchandise based on An Honorable Mention. Pick up the King of the Dark Matches t-shirt, the Gaijin Godfather shirt, that April 2005 Dorchester event t-shirt, or a new Honorable Mention logo gym bag, or a hat, or a hoodie, or the tribute to the trainer zip up hoodie. There's a ton of merchandise to check out, and it all supports the show directly. It's a DVDproduct.com, your exclusive home for honorable mention merchandise. This episode of an honorable mention that you're listening to right now is available on iTunes, Spreaker, the Google Music Play Store, Spotify, Amazon Echo, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and there's no way this is on SoundCloud. <laughs> Next week, from love to hate, the Jimmy Jacobs story, as produced wow, by my co-host Shane I Agador. I forgot yeah. what we were doing next week. That's why I write it down at the end of the show. Yeah. The, the section titled "Upcoming Schedule." Yeah, June 11th, World Title Classic. June 18th, Death Before Dishonor three, and June 25th, a very very special show. Uh, one very special to both of us, and I think one that I, Ring of Honor fans may not know this person but i think they're going to really enjoy what they have to hear and learn a lot i and i think we came up inadvertently came up with a possible t- topic for july we did today, uh, in the all, course of the course of uh, chatting all credit to where credit is due uh the big dog red titus uh in july we're gonna do an episode on ring of honor theme music um talk about some of the you know top stars, their music, uh, play a little bit of some clips uh, that we'll have Zach edit into the show, and um, yeah, I think that's a hell of a topic from Rhett uh, since he he can't come on and do an interview with us. Um, this is his contribution, so we'd like to thank the big dog. Um, what do you? What uh, what theme music are you most excited to discuss in July? Uh, live to win. Fun fact: that was actually my ringtone after I heard Mitch use it. Wow! Coming to the ring. So I don't know. I'm just excited to discuss all of them because it's one of those things that until we got into this conversation today, realizing how much it played a part in making the magic. Yep. And. Uh, Social media for us. We uh, are on Twitter and Instagram at an honorable pod. We are also on Facebook. Search an honorable mention and we'll pop up. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Jeff Schwartz. Drop the the for Facebook. And partner, where can we find you? At Hagadorn Shane on Twitter and Instagram. Shane Hagadorn on Facebook. Uh, there's a Shane Hagadorn YouTube account, but more importantly, look up an honorable mention on YouTube and give us a subscribe, follow, whatever it is that YouTube comes it well and i believe there is a little bit of breaking news pro wrestling explosion has fired you and alex Payne. so maybe there will be a, a <laughs> promo coming to shane hagedorn on youtube <laughs> yeah that happened well there's only one thing left to do and that's clap back at authority abusing their power in pro wrestling explosion after they screwed you and Alex Payne out of your title.
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. States. Stay tuned to Shane Hagedorn's YouTube for more on that late breaking story. But having said all of that, there is only one thing left to do. To quote the great Salonaro, no need to trip out. It's time to dip out. Slap the porpoise. This one is over. We're out. Keep your chin up. We'll see you next week for From Love to Hate, the Jimmy Jacobs story, as produced by Shane Hagedorn. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. Also on the faces of people going by, I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They're like much more. to myself What a wonderful world Yes I think to myself What a wonderful Guys, I think we can all agree. We always want to look and feel our best. And a big part of that is taking care of our skin. I know it's not something guys like to talk about a lot. Because, let's be honest, we don't really know a lot about skincare. The products are complicated and confusing when you do try to go down the men's skincare aisle. And also, they're freaking expensive. That's where T. Shanley comes in. T. Shanley is a skincare company founded by regular guys for regular guys to make it simple and easy. Get the skincare products you need shipped directly to you every month for as low as 25 bucks a month. Plus, if you're in the USA, free shipping. And no matter what your skincare situation is, they've got a box for it. Just need a basic skincare box? Well, they've got that. Got some crow's feet going on, some dark circles under the eyes? They got a box for that. Even if you have severe acne, they have a box for that. Check out all of their products to help out regular guys like you and me at Tiege.com. That's T-I-E-G-E. Tiege.com to get the men's skincare products you need. Simple, easy, uncomplicated. Tiege.com. T-I-E-G-E. And use the promo code HONORABLEMAY for 20% off of your first box. So you can't go wrong. It's Tiege.com. 
T-I-E-G-E.com slash Honorable May for 20% off of your first box. Tiege Hanley, skincare for men, simple, uncomplicated. 